Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I heard a podcast about you. I was wondering if it was true. Everything they've podcasted about me is true. Griffin Griffin held his hand up for the drink. Yes, good job. Little robot drink pour. Hello, everybody. I, I, Alden, he started. I heard him. I can't do him. I think I'm that's not bad. With it. I yeah. think it sounds better than you think. Very it does. specific delivery from this guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I would argue. Yes. Coming straight out with the hot takes, they tampered his delivery a little bit in this movie. You think so? I think they they pulled they, like, him back and gave a way him a specific diction to sort of use or that whatever. I think is to the detriment of the film. But ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ahead of ourselves because my name, of course, is Downtown Griffin Yums. And my name, of course, is David Sims. David Dog Sims. Sure, David Dog Sims. But then you're aren't you Griff no, because they're Griff heads. We're combining now. Look, the Look I'm is, off the leash. You're the dog, you're off the leash. Let's be honest, I'm Bow, off the wow, leash. Wow. Let me off the leash. Where are my pound puppies at? Because the dog's <laughs> off the leash today. I feel like that was so big in the 90s, like dog, like oh, yeah. things, you know, yeah. like, you know, dog uh, puns, mm-hmm. you know, in the sort of Snoop Dogg, Lil Bow Wow era. Not to mention Snoopy had a big 90s. <laughs> yeah, he had a huge 90s. Is that when he got the MetLife deal? Yes. <laughs> the guy, that guy, all over blimps. That guy cashed in he on cashed blimps. In. <laughs> Like when I was a kid, I was like, MetLife make blimps. Like that's what they, that's a blimp company, right? Like <laughs> they make blimps. Yeah. I also remember like watching the Super Bowl and I hated sports so much sure. that I would look forward to being like, ah, a Snoopy cartoon in the middle of the Super Bowl. And I'd be like, no, he's just selling insurance. He's just selling it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you'd see like Woodstock and stuff. It'd be fun. Right. But I'd be like, here's some classic Joe cool the behavior. What the fuck is a blimp? Like why? Like, I love how, like, blimps, it was in the 30s, they were like, all right, we're going to travel in these. Yeah. And then by the 90s, it's like, it'll float above a stadium with, like, a name on it. Like, yeah. that's what a blimp is. Yeah, Nickelodeon <laughs> will give them to child stars. Yeah. Like, how did the blimp just end there? Right. Like, why not just, I don't know, just don't do that. Just put the sign lower to the ground. Isn't it weird how much, though, like, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice words used to really, like, they used to play the blimp. Like, it wasn't just the trophies. Like, they used to have the blimp, I remember. Right, like, they, yeah, they were all in on blimps. Do you remember that Whitney Houston hosted those awards, like, five years in a row? I did not remember Before that. Rosie became, like, the Billy Crystal, the she was, era. like, the Johnny yeah, yeah, Carson. Yeah. And I distinctly remember an ad that was, like, Hi, I'm Whitney Houston from inside the Nickelodeon blimp. And then she walked through it. The helium from the blimp caused her voice to raise. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, Blimps thank you all weird. for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Oh, we're done. Yeah. Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah, this was Blimp Talk. Uh, it was good, guys. Blimp Talk. Uh, uh, Record time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now let's start the next podcast. Okay. That was Blimp Talk. That, that was Blimp Check. Uh, okay. A podcast about, about blimps. Blimp culture. It's sometimes they crash like the Hindenburg. So sure. is that why Blimpy? And sometimes they fly, baby. Is that why Blimpy closed? Is that why Blimpy closed? Blimpy, like the, the sandwiches? Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. blimps I, fell out of favor. Literally, and as they fell out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Okay. This is a podcast called Blank Check. Yes. It is about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want. Sometimes... They clear, and sometimes they bounce baby. Yeah. That's usually what this is. But this is a special episode. Mm. I think you folks know what it is. You've already seen it in your feed. This is a special one-off episode where I tell summer camp stories for two hours. 
because the response was so positive. I want to give the fans what they want. Wow. Even the bit means everyone's just deleted. Mm -hmm. Everyone was just like, uh, no. I'm kidding. Yeah. We used to be a Star Wars podcast. A no bits, pro smints, Star Wars podcast. That's true. So every time there's a new war, we got to go back. We got to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, this is now the fourth new Star Wars picture. God, it is. They made four of these things. It's called Solo. <laughs> yeah. A Star Wars story. And we saw it. We did. We saw it. You've seen it twice. I saw it two times. I've seen it once. Yeah. Bruce Ben has seen it once. Okay. The Bendoucer has seen it once. Just once. The Poet Laureate has seen it once. And it, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Perdue Ben has seen it once. Uh, uno. Mr. Hosdiv has seen it once. Mr. Positive has seen it once. Singular times. The Fuckmaster has seen it once. Professor Crispy has not seen it because he doesn't exist. No, but count it once. Peeper peeped it. Yeah. Dirtbike Benny rode into the theater. Soaking wet Benny. Stayed pretty dry during the movie. Yeah, I only spilt my drink a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also graduate to certain tiles of the course of different masters. Sure. Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobi, Ben Night Shyamalan, Ben Say It, Save Anything, Ailey Ben's with the dollar sign, War Haas, Ben 19, The Fennel Maker, Benglish, fuck, Mr. Ben Credible, sure. and Robo Haas. That sounds right. right. I don't know. I guess we're debuting the Brooks, because we like, at this yeah. point in the, the episodes we recorded before, we haven't really thought of the Ben name for Brooks. Right. We recorded uh, like four months of episodes in advance. And this yeah. is the first time we've recorded in like two months now. That sounds right. Yeah. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Griffin's been, I don't know, chilling out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Very relaxed. Sleeping very much. Very cool. Very fun. <laughs> yeah. You don't look sick. No. Well, to be fair, Griffin looks sick a lot. <laughs> I like think I look more sick than usual. <laughs> I think you look fine. This is the first. Your shirt's just like a white t-shirt. That's a little, I guess that sort of gives you a drawn. Kind of wearing the uniform. Power. Right. Uh, we, we're on hiatus from filming The Tick, which is why I was able to see Solo last night, come in here, record this today. Mm. And then I am going and getting on a plane and flying to London, which David, I should explain this to David because mm. I know Ben knows. Yeah. London is, it is a, it is a city. Okay. In another yeah. country. Yeah, the capital of the United Kingdom. Wait, but how do you know? <laughs> well, yeah. I, 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 oh, I, you must have went. I've, you know, I've traveled to London on vacation before. Or maybe he's read it in a book. I don't oh, know. sure. Yeah, Both but, of those things are true. But also, I lived in London for a lot of my life uh, from 1995 to 2008. Uh, wow. Can and, we start the podcast? Because uh, yeah. I'm very confused. Uh, can we start Blimp Blimpcast? Yes, blimp, okay. blimp check? <laughs> I forget what it was called. It's like, it's Blimp like, wh what's your origin yeah, story? Yeah. It's like, I wish someone. Oh, you want my origin? <laughs> yeah. We got to bring the Kasdans in to fucking explain Who to Who are it. your people? Yeah. That's, that's what they asked me coming into uh, British uh, control, passport control. And I was playing the Sims on my phone. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that yeah. moment can go fuck itself. I can't imagine that there's a person on earth who was satisfied by that moment. Because right? that moment is like, written the, for someone in the audience to go, uh-huh. The, 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 the best reaction I think I've heard someone have to that moment is like, whatever. You know, sort of like, okay. The, I mean, second, they, the second they said, who are your people? I turned to you and started yeah, shaking yeah, my yeah, hand. You did the sort of like, uh, mezzo, mezzo. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, solo his look. I I have a feeling that that was something Kasdan had thought of yeah. a zillion years ago, 
and was always like, oh man, if I ever did like a Han Solo movie, I'll finally get to put that in. And that's like a funny thing to like say in an interview where you're like, when you're like promoting Dreamcatcher and, and you're, you're like, you know what you I know, always, always thought? Yeah, I always yeah. thought it was like, cause he didn't have any family. So right. it's like, it's, yeah, it's like a pseudonym almost. Right. It's like it a nom de plume. Incredibly dumb when it's in a movie. And also an hour and a half later, he starts talking about his dad. He does talk about his dad. He does talk about his dad. Yeah. He's abandoned his family name. I read an interview with Mike Ryan and the Castons today that yeah. Mike Ryan did with the Castons, in which they make that clear. Not clear in the movie. But that drives me crazy because then it feels like, oh, so what? Their mm, plan in solo duo is to have, do you get, like that joke, solo duo? Is that what would be the name of the second solo movie? Sure. But is the plan to then have the explanation of the family that he was lying about and then reveal what his real last name is? I don't give a shit. Well, it's that classic prequel problem where they're like, haven't you always wondered how blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, not yeah, really. Not like, honestly, really. wasn't really thinking about it. Now, let me ask you this. This is the first big question I want to throw out here. Sure. Okay. Would this movie work better as an original screenplay set in the Star Wars universe, not being these specific characters? I mean, I think 80% yes, 20% no. Yeah, like you'd need to change it, but I like you would need to change it like a lot. I think the 20% no is the stuff that is less valuable in the movie. And I think the characters as written, if you just hired actors and said, hey, do whatever you want, would work totally independently. And I think it actually is somewhat to the movie's detriment that you're constantly comparing them to the other actors who have played them your other understanding of the characters in no, their history. I think that's, I mean, that was my take coming out of the press screening was like, right, it's a pretty fun little Star Wars caper. It's pro, it's a pretty bad Han Solo it's, movie. It's a terrible Han Solo movie, yeah. and it's it's a pretty mediocre prequel. It's a pretty solid Star Wars caper. Yeah, I it's think like so. A it's functional solid. enough. But it is, you know, it is a gentleman's six. Like, I do think, you know, that's just where it is. See, I started watching it in the first oh, 30 boy, minutes. Me too. We're I, in this. We're on the same page, right? Because a lot of people think, "Oh, it takes a while to get going." First three minutes, exactly what I wanted right. out of this movie, right? And then from then on out, the balloon just kept on losing some air. So I started out, and I was like, "This is like a gentleman seven or eight. Like this isn't great, but I'm sure you're really in. Really, yeah, me too. I felt in. the same way. Yeah, we'll and then talk I, about it. Right by like about the halfway point, I was like, "It's a six. I was inflating. It's a gentleman six. And by the end of it, I was like, "Is this a gentleman's five? I think it's a six. I mean, my problem, like, so I saw it. At a press screening. Yeah. And, you know, the usual for the uh, other ones, even Rogue One, mm -hmm. the press screening was the Monday before uh, the Thursday release. So just three days early. Sure. You get and very little there time. was one yeah. press screening. There was yeah. no junket. Like yeah. no one had seen it, essentially. Oh. And the premiere was only a couple days before the that. The premiere is either like lined up or right, right before. Yeah. And everyone's there. You know, it's that. And it's like, it really was like it, anyone who's anyone. Exactly. And it's so like, ben and I weren't invited. <laughs> It's a press screening that's really buzzing with excitement. Like mm -hmm. even Rogue One, which obviously is more of like a double than a home run. But like, you know, it's like people are still like, wow. wow. So there, there are a couple of times that you've brought me to these screenings that are like, this is the first time this movie's being seen. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah, Hateful yeah. Eight, we did that. That's right. In the yeah. post. And there is oh, yeah. some excitement to yes. just like, yes. I have Ooh. no other opinions to cloud my judgment of this movie. No yeah. one's like tweeted things that might spoil it by me wondering what I'm going to see. Like I just... Sit down and I'm just going to fucking digest it. And whereas with the solo press screening, the premiere had happened a few days earlier in mm -hmm. LA, but yeah, it's just so it was in the morning. The theater wasn't even full. We were kind of just like, oh, here we are. Here yeah. we are to see a movie. Like, what theater? Were, uh, Lincoln Square. Ugh, cool. Uh, 
you know, but like it's they're just, you know, it was it did not have that feeling of like, oh fuck, like we're so pumped up. Like we're it was about more to just unwrap so like, a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, this is we'll see what this is, right? Like sure. people were kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's good. I mean, obviously the bad press. Had- well, can I so so to that point, I was just looking here at the IMDb trivia for the movie, okay? Sure. And here's something I had no idea about. Top trivia story, solo a Star Wars story, okay? Sure. Top trivia item. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller left the film in June 2017? True. Only three weeks away from filming? Three weeks away from Finishing principal photography. Yeah. What? It's crazy. I've never heard of this. You've never heard of this? I've never heard of this. Is this like your bit? Yeah. (laughs) So. Go with it. No, wait. I, I... This is news to me. Well, it might actually be news to you. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Phil Lord. They've had this now. Right. When, you know, whenever, what is, when does Lucasfilm buy, get bought by Disney? I forget. 2013? Something like that. Right. Yeah. Basically the, and I feel like the initial slate, they were like, we're going to have a trilogy. Mm -hmm. We're going to have this Rogue One movie. Yeah. And we're going to definitely have a Boba Fett prequel and a Han Solo prequel. Like those are the original basket of ideas. Yes. Yes. Right. And uh, they kept on being like Rogue One, a hundred percent happening. New Skywalker trilogy, a hundred percent happening. And then unannounced, they were like, we're working on a couple mystery scripts that everyone thought were a solo film, a Boba Fett film and uh, a Yoda movie. Oh, really? I didn't know about the Yoda movie. Ugh, please don't do that. I think that one has sort of fallen by the wayside yeah, and been replaced by the Kenobi in, movie. Put it in the yeah. wayside forever. Yes. Put it yes. in the Yaddle movie? Okay. okay. 100%. I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested. I'm interested. What if the Yaddle movie was like Ryan Reynolds buried? It's just yeah, her it's in, just the in the hole. Yeah, it's just in the hole. It's like yeah. the Revenant. It's just like her eating the force and like shaking. Or it's like Secret Honor. It's like Yaddle having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I brought up Yaddle, I think, at the solo press yeah. screening and someone was like, the fuck is Yaddle? And I was like, right, no one knows what I'm talking about. A Yaddle under the influence? Yeah. Yaddle. Because, <laughs> right, because people were asked, spoiler alert. By the way, we're going to talk about the whole fucking movie. Yeah. We're, so we're, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So Darth okay. Maul's in this movie. <laughs> Darth Maul's in this movie. It's a sequel to Unbreakable. <laughs> and someone was asking, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Uh, someone was asking me, like, Darth Maul questions because they knew I was like a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. And for some reason, I brought up Yaddle, and they were like, "What the fuck, you? What's Yaddle?" And I, I felt bad. What are you yaddling on about? What are you yaddling about? Uh, All right, yeah. So I, I, Darth Maul being in the movie, uh, the secret, the hot hand I've been holding under the table for the last six months. I've known this for a long time. I will not say anything further. Sure. You can ascertain, figure it out. Yep. Um. So this movie, yeah. So this movie got ordered pretty much right away. Yeah, yeah, Lucasfilm. All right, 2012 is when the okay. sale happens. I know that when he sh- had already started, George Lucas was already developing this movie before he sold Lucasfilm. Kazan apparently had always wanted to right. do this. I mean, my assumption is Kazan was kind of like, I'd love to do a Han Solo movie. And this was like, before he got brought on to, to rewrite Force Awakens yes, right. with J.J. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah. He was already working on this. I think this got delayed a little bit by him going over to that. Um but but that was like this was part of their initial slate of things being developed. Exactly. And so when in February 2013, a Bob Iger says, yes, we have a Kasdan written solo movie. We have a Simon Excuse Kinberg me. written. We have a Kasdan's. They actually just said oh, Kasdan at, that point. at the time. But, okay. you know, yes, yeah. his son, Jonathan Kasdan. Right. Gets involved. And Kinberg. In fact, gets involved when Kasdan is switched over to Force Awakens. Sure. Jonathan is brought in to sort of supplement help, and help. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kimberg was writing Boba Kimberg's Fett. Kimberg's writing Josh a Boba Trank Fett was movie. Direct. Josh Trank was going to direct it. He got fired later. Yeah. 
Uh, he didn't even get really, you know, he, it just didn't happen. Can I say something and Ben cut this out in advance? Please cut this out. Yeah. Like you did all the summer camp talk. Yeah. Um, I heard a rumor this week that they are making a Boba Fett movie, mm-hmm. but that it's going to be a Western. Mm. It seems too top secret. I'm sorry. You got to cut that. Cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. Cut that out. That's the kind of like fucking boiling material that like, you know, well, this podcast could get sued. Yeah. For that kind of thing. Michael Avenetti gave me that information. <laughs> um, 2015, July, they announce Han Solo movie. Mm-hmm. It's going to be released May 25th, 2018. Going to be directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. So this is the big thing. All the times that people had been whispering about the Solo movie, everyone was like, no one wants to see that. Why are they doing this? It's Why true. No one this? is excited at any point about this idea. Until Lord and Miller get brought on and then people are like oh so maybe it'll be like so like a, you know they've done all these winky movies it'll be clever and it'll be sort of like well that's a different energy a than bit. any star yeah. wars thing we've seen before and also here are the guys who have made a career off of taking bad ideas yes and I, making them work like especially the tw- i mean the two you think of are 21 jump street and the lego movie both times people were like ah, that's not a you can't make that a movie. But also, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which was great, one of my favorite movie. picture books growing up. Sure, not a lot of plot. Doesn't have a narrative. Not a lot of plot. It's just, like, it's essentially, like, a, a travelogue of, yeah. like, the different food that reigns in this city. There are no characters, Can really. Can you confirm something for me, though? Yes. Is there a leak in the boat? <laughs> Still gets me every Isn't time. Isn't that two? <laughs> it's two. I just love it. Two is also good. Yeah, because there's a leak in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, fucking Will Forte is great too. Sure. The joke is there's an actual leak, like the the vegetable. Oh, <laughs> got him. Cloudy with a chance. Ben's of me- fucking screaming right now. <laughs> Have you seen the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies? Oh, <laughs> I think you'd like them a lot. Yeah, ben. you'd like them because it's like, I mean, it's, they're kind of big. Oh, meatballs are big. The- <laughs> big meatballs. That's cool. There's a scientist character who makes a device that turns water into food, but then it gets stuck in the cloud, so it starts raining food, but the food's huge. That's awesome. Big food. And so people are into it, and it becomes like a tourist destination, but then the food is too much. Right. They're getting weighed down, and then the sequel is they take all the excess food, and they like ship it off to some like <laughs> trash island to get rid of it, clean up the town but the food just started mutating and it's like food monsters. So there's like a, a taco dial. Yeah. A taco dial. It's like a, a right, taco you know what? Right, right, dial. So Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And then they realize he has sour cream and they go, oh my God, it's a taco dial supreme. <laughs> I know you, you love Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Five comedy points. Right, I do. You're basically like I'm huge totally fans. in the tank for them. Been so since Clone High. I would, yeah, see, okay. So I here, here's High. what I have yeah. to say. Yeah. I don't love Clone High. I know that's like a really crazy thing to say on the internet because mm-hmm. people really do love Clone yeah. High. I don't hate it. It was just never my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed Cloudy. Yeah. Really enjoyed 21 Jump Street. And those are both movies that I like did not rush to see. And then when I saw them, I was like, wow, that was that was funny. I know you don't like 22. I, I and, But I was going to say, and I love the Lego movie. Right. I that's really think that's a special movie. That's yes, a very special That's movie. very cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't like 22. I think 22 is like close to bad. Like... And it sort of like indulges all the things about them that I don't really like. Sure. Yeah. I rewatched it recently and, and it was bad. a little better than I remembered it being at. The Ice Cube stuff in that, even though Ice Cube's pro, is like 
a slightly embarrassing, in my opinion. See, I disagree. I think that's the strongest part of the film. No, we'll fight he's about this funny. Later. No, I just think that, that shit's sexist. Like, I just don't like that stuff. Like, just get that plot out of here. It's 2014. You don't, don't like disapproving dad? I don't like sure. dad saying, don't fuck my daughter, who's a grown-up. Like, I just, I don't want that plot anymore. Yeah. I keep it out of the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree think that with sucks. that. I agree with that. Sucks. I like Ice Cube as a scary guy, because yeah. he's funny. Like, what he's but like. No, but I, I do agree that's a plot line we never need to see never. ever again. I hate it. It's one thing if it's like... It's never, it's never great, honestly. But you liked but blockers because it's. But she's also a grown woman. You were a big fan of blockers. Blockers is funny because, because the parents are that. fools in that, right? right? Like you know, the, the the kids are why I like blockers. Like the parents stuff in blockers is funny, but I like the kids. And and the funniest stuff is like Baronholtz, who's the one who's like, yeah, I want my daughter to fuck. Well, I also like that that he's there the whole time, but he's never really on their like yeah. uh, crusade. He he's, more just wants to hang out. God, that guy has gotten so fucking good. He's really good in that movie. And he's I, he's, that movie he's someone I was always made to tears. I know, and he's yeah. someone I was always kind of like, yeah, he's fine. He's kind of like high energy. Like I was never like a big Ike Barinholtz fan. No, but I thought he was just big. Becomes like, so funny and like legitimately a very good actor. Yeah, he's a pretty good. Yeah, I yeah. mean credit yeah. to Ike. Yeah, I yeah. like Ike. I think <laughs> walked into that one. <laughs> Did you see Blockers? I uh, haven't. You no. like Ike? Ike. Uh, he's funny in like the Neighbors movies. Yeah. Show me. Yeah, I like him a lot in those. Uh, he's really good in Snatch, which I continue to stand for as an underrated. I still haven't movie. seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I do know. like this guy. Yeah, he's a good Ben Scumbum kind yeah. of. Totally. Yeah. yeah, he's like. Um, but his role usually was more like I'm in your movie for ten minutes and I'm just bringing a lot of energy. Yeah. Right. I feel like, like he always has a goatee, and you're like, oh, this guy is fucking a scumbag. He's <laughs> always got scuzzy looking facial yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, uh, he also was the guard in Suicide Squad, who they clearly set up to get his comeuppance and then just disappears from the. <laughs> Yeah, and oh, I'm sure yeah. they. I'm sure yeah. they filmed a comeuppance that they just. I'm sure they right? filmed six comeuppances. There's like there's there's eight plots in that movie that just they forgot to do. Like, doesn't Scott Eastwood die in that movie? And like, it's heroic. Hey, I forgot Scott Eastwood was in that. He's movie. in that movie. But let's get and back. I think he like dies, and it's I like, oh right. shit, we lost, yeah. we lost Chad. Right. <laughs> like you're just like who's Chad? And then you're like, that was supposed to be like Cheetah's father. <laughs> I'm sure it's some shit where his character was secretly supposed to be a teaser yeah, for some right. other it character. It turns out he's, I don't know. He's Mr. Mixaplex's cousin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking DC Universe. I can't wait to watch all the movies they've announced, though. Oh I'm so God. excited. And you know what? It's stressful how What's many bonus bo- episodes we're going to have to do because we're going to have to do Shazam. <laughs> we're going to have to do Black Adam. We're going to have to do Birds of Prey. We're going to have to do Harley and Joker. Mm. We're going to have to do Suicide Squad 2. Man of Steel 2. Sure. We're going to have to do... The Batman. The Batman. Green Lantern Corps. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Uh, Isn't there something like, you know, like Chloe Zhao is going to, you know, direct a fucking... No, that was Captain Marvel. movie. That was Captain Marvel. She met for Captain Marvel. You're thinking of the Birds of Prey movie. I actually was joking. She met for Black Widow. Okay. Oh, you're right. We still got Cyborg coming up. Oh, we got Cyborg coming up. We got Cyborg are they bringing Bergman back yeah. from the dead for that one? Who they who they got? We got Flashpoint. I think Wonder Woman two stuck in development hell. You might be yeah right there. Eh, let's not devote a lot of energy to that one. No, my favorite thing is they're just they're always like let's let's one up. So all right, we got Spielberg. Spielberg's gonna make a movie. Okay? Black you, you like him? Yeah, he's gonna make a movie. Uh, who else we got? We got fucking Scorsese. Okay, he'll make a movie. Ava Duvernay's new yeah, gods. Ava Duvernay's gonna do new to gods. Right yeah. into the vault. But James Cameron, he's doing a movie. Uh, who else we got? Uh, we, Michael Cimino, he's alive. He's we, back. He's doing a movie. Teen Titans go to the movies. We got Teen Titans go to the polls. We got Teen Titans Pokemon go to the polls. Do you imagine in this boardroom that they're all vaping? <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're all, it's all like, it's 20 Affleck clones vaping. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm so we got to do a Birds of Prey. Like, Thomas Pynchon is going to direct the movie. Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, the most ludicrous person they could announce next. Like, who is it? <laughs> Ida Lupino. She's back from the dead. We support female filmmakers. Ida Lupino is going to make a Black Canary movie. DC has always prided themselves. Who's the one who's, like, a magician lady? Oh, Zantana? Zantana, yeah. Who Ida Lupino is going to make yeah, a Zantana. Yeah, sure. Yeah, great. No, I was just saying, because you, know, you know how, like... Elaine May is making a Zantana movie. DC was so, like, was, like, just fucking waving their arms about the fact where, like, we're doing Wonder Woman before Marvel's done a right. female superhero. We're doing Cyborg before Black Panther. Sure, sure, sure. What if their big thing was, like, we're going to be the first studio to hire a dead director? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like the, at CinemaCon, they have like a Frankenstein machine, and they like put electrodes onto a, a corpse. <laughs> and they're like, Lang is doing Detective Chimps. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, Frank Borzon just signed That's on it. for Solomon Grundy. King Vidor himself. Oh. Uh, I'm running out of DC villains or, or heroes, whatever. <laughs> Hawkman, King King Vidor's doing Hawkman. Can I can I pat myself on the back and call my own shot? Sure. I was at a comic con. It was something when we were promoting the Tick pilot. Okay. I think it, I can't remember which one it was, mm-hmm. but I was there at the bar with uh, 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 Chris McCullough. Okay. A.K. Jackson Public, creator of uh, Venture Brothers. Sure. He's a great guy who I just realized we should have on the show at some point. Let's have him on. Um, but we were. I love how you, you're, you're occasionally just like, oh shit, I actually know. Like, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Which, you know what? <laughs> and she texts me and says that she listens to the show. That's weird. She loves it. She, she likes when the dog is off the leash. Put... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she looks like, just listen to Lincoln. Dog's off the leash. <laughs> Oh boy! Sometimes people call me David Dogs. I mean, pe- people who like me are called David Dogs. For people to right. understand that, yes. but now also you've become the dog when you're silly, right? I'm when the you dog. get silly, you become the dog, and the dog's off the leash. Yeah. Um. Uh. Jackson Public and I were at this like fucking hotel bar where the convention was watching. Uh, <laughs> What? Watch watching attendees who were still in their cosplay outfits. Sure. Like ordered. Drunkenly trying to make passes at each other. It was like that like last night of summer camp, like dance. Like who's So who is the best one? So there was a guy dressed up as Solomon Grundy who was just swinging and missing so hard. Uh And we just were like for 45 minutes, like at a fair distance, right? Far away from him, just making Solomon Grundy jokes about this guy trying to wedge himself into circles and like get attention. And then he'd like slowly walk away. And I just at one point went, Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, not his night. Pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> After he like missed, swung and missed with like Princess Bubblegum or whatever. <laughs> yes. It was exactly that. And he like wasn't being aggressive. It was like he was clearly like the one person who didn't have like a pack of friends with him. Well, also dressing up as Solomon it's Grundy is look. not like a good move if you're want, looking to, you know. Right. Look look hot. Right. Like, you know, I'm like basically a Frankenstein man. You're like an unintelligent Frankenstein <laughs> like, man who lives in the sewers. Yeah, exactly. You got raggedy clothes and muck on your face. Yeah. Not his night. Look at this. He's got four knives in him in this one. Wait, I'm showing Ben some yeah, Solomon Grundy. You would love Solomon Grundy. We should get Ben attached to direct a Solomon Grundy movie. Yeah, it would be a DC would take Oh, no. That. Unfortunately, it turns out that Moses of the Bible is directing that one. 
We here at DC. <laughs> we brought him back. He brought you the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I like, the actual ones, not the movie. For the listener at home, I like that joke so much, I swatted my mic away from my face and almost swung it a full 360 <laughs> oh, degree. Almost hit me in the face. Yeah. All right. So Phil Lord and Chris Miller, <laughs> no. they get hired uh, yes. to make the movie. And everyone went, interesting. This is going to have an offbeat energy off the hump. And they do have that rep where it's like, yeah, like you were saying, like, well, every time they get hired, you're kind of like, that sounds like a bad idea. And then they do a good job. So I guess this, what sounded like a bad idea, they'll probably do a good job. And look, at the very least, it's not going to be boring. They're not going to do the obvious stayed kind of like didactic prequel. They're going to do something weird with this. Yeah. And then they start casting. There's a big fucking thing for it's months true. and months and months. Every single male actor under the age of 32, sure. other than Griffin Newman, auditions for Han Solo. I didn't take it personally. It's fine. I was literally the only person who did an audition. It's one of those things where no one was excited for a Han Solo movie and everyone was like, no one can really do what Harrison Ford did. And yet everyone was like, but who's going to play Han Solo? What right, a and it was part. like Rami Malek. <laughs> and it was like, does anyone want to see him play yeah, Han so Solo? I remember obviously Miles Teller was in the running. I'm trying to think of who else uh, was. Well, well, was what's his name? Uh, Baby Driver. Uh, Ansel Elgort. Sure. Right. Uh, there was another, uh, uh, not Jai Courtney, but another kind of potato head guy like that. Oh, I think Jack Rayner. Yeah, was sure. in yeah. the sort of Who's, final running. I think is talented. Like, I, do too. I like him in. I like him more when he plays scumbags. Like I like him in like Free Fire or whatever. Right. You know, like. But Han Solo is very tricky because I think here's people, some other ones. I got some yeah. other names for you. Uh, Dave Franco, sure. Right. Uh, not as small people. Yeah. You know, Harrison Ford's tall. He's like six foot two. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It really is like <sighs> a list of like Nick Robinson, who's the guy who was just in um, Love Simon, right? Uh, Rami Malek, like you said, Ed Westwick. That sounds good. No, no, no. Let's not talk about him. James Toback. <laughs> Clark Gable? Really? Do you know what's crazy? I looked at the, the list of hosts from like two seasons ago on SNL. Sure. And there were literally five hosts from that season who would never be allowed back on the show who, right now. Like who? Uh, like Louis C.K. Sure. Casey Affleck. <laughs> He shouldn't have been hosting that. I know, but honestly, there were like four yeah. or five from one season. You know, that Casey Affleck Duncan sketch is funny, though, from it's that really episode. Okay. Uh, uh, Tom Felton, uh, former uh, Draco Malfoy. That's weird. Logan Lerman. Chris Pratt. That's not true. Scott Eastwood's on this list. I mean, this was a, a wide net. Was a Efron involved ever? I don't Wait, know. I don't think he was, which is weird because he was sort of like someone who tested for every role. But, but yeah. this is also the problem is that it was like, oh God, Han Solo. Everyone loves him. So charismatic, so charming, so confident. But yeah. there are a couple tricky things about Han Solo that I think often get lost in people's minds, you know, that they don't really break down, which is one, Han Solo always has a chip on his shoulder. Yes, true, right? true. There's a little bit of an anger to the character. Yes, he's an asshole, but not, in the way where he's like mean to people, it's more like he just has like a sort of simmering energy. Yeah. Because here's the thing that I analyzed in the first 30 minutes of this movie where I started getting really excited that I felt like they were getting the character right. Uh -huh. Han Solo always acts high status, but yeah. he's always low status. Sure. Yeah. Han Solo yeah, yeah, is yeah. always kind of in a put upon situation Which is, in one way or another. He's either backed in a corner, he's surrounded by people he doesn't like, he owes someone money, no, whatever no, for it is. Sure. But he always acts like he's above. But it. that's why he's a little annoying, or not, but little 
he's sort of floating in Return of the Jedi because yes. like at that point they're just sort of like General Solo, welcome back, and he's like, hi. He's a little well, like, like you want to do something. He's like, sure. He's kind of like boring middle aged. Like I've settled down. I was a little right. wild in my younger years. Right. It really is kind of yeah, truly. But you're you're totally right. Right. Um, the other thing though, and we'll talk about it, mm-hmm. is I do feel like this movie made the move of like, well, why don't we show how Han used to be a little nicer and then like the world kind of ground him down a bit. And by the end of it, he'll be more like Han solo yeah. you know, like he'll get betrayed by one person. He's going to, you know, that girl's going to screw him over. That's kind of the casino Royale approach, right? right like but- casino Royale is the most successful version of that, but it works because it's not so strictly a prequel. It's just like, this is a younger James Bond. Yeah. It's not trying to fit into a specific timeline. You're right though. Casino Royale is kind of doing that, but it's not like in casino Royale, James Bond at the beginning. It's like, I love being a secret agent. Nothing, nothing no. bad about that. You know, like, but but I think that's why the Vesper Lynn plotline works so well oh, yeah. in that movie and why yeah. she's so good. And also... But also, Casino Royale is the first James Bond book, yes, basically. And so, like, it is... Right. Yeah, and they're, they're not going trying to, the to characters. reverse engineer right. it around Dr. No, which right. is We're, a big difference. They're not having to play off of expectations of literally totally. he has to get to this point. It's James Bond. We're cool. He's been right. done so many times. Right. Whereas this is like, right, it's Han Solo. He's been played by one person. That's it. Yeah. And it is that thing, like the name, where they're like, don't you ever wonder, like... Who really put that chip on don't his shoulder? Care. No, don't, I don't care. care. There's no moment in any of the original movies where Han Solo's like, eh, back on Corellia, I, I had it rough. Like, or right. I, I grew up on the streets. He never says shit like that. Now, this is the other problem, okay? Uh, Connor Ratliff, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show, yeah. uh, always says, I, I for years thought I was a fan of Star Wars, and then I realized I don't really like Star Wars movies. I like Han Solo movies. It's a good good take, sure. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think the thing that makes Star Wars work is that you have Han Solo who doesn't want to be in a Star Wars movie, yeah, and is a little bit outside of it, yeah. And putting that character at the center kind of fucks the movie. And yeah, that's fair. And this is, I think, this is what everyone was predicting. Yep. You know, and I watching this feel like not as disastrously. It suffers a little bit from the same thing that happens in the Lost World Jurassic Park. Where in order to take Ian Malcolm, the fun character yeah. who cuts the shit. You take the off-ball guy, you put him on the ball. You eh. kind of sand off the edges. A little bit, a little bit. I agree with all that. Uh, does Connor like this movie? Do we know? Don't know. Sure. Don't know. I will ask him. Sure. I'm curious to see. But I, I would guess that he would feel like, oh, this is literally a film about that character, but they're taking away the energy that makes him interesting. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I do feel like this is a movie that's missing some, some verve to it it's missing a certain crackle which even if the lord miller version was bad who fucking knows we'll never know right they shot 90 percent of the movie the effects were unfinished so we'll never see their cut it's like a fucking snyder thing it's the exact same thing there will never be a released cut of their version but they shot enough of it that there is pretty much a narrative uh, with green screens that you could watch right i think that's accurate i mean from what i've heard i've read a lot of reporting and then heard some rumors but yeah yeah you know basically they were three weeks away from from finishing right but i think the implication was they weren't and there was going to be a lot of reshoots coming like you know that that was one sure. of the reasons disney was very alarmed and apparently yes. they would i mean the thing that everyone said because every actor in this movie pretty much has said things got a lot better when ron howard took over yeah that was in terms of work experience, right? right. It was a much easier shoot. He's yes. a pro. Also, they had laid out a lot of track work. All the design work had been done. I mean, he inherited. That's a, true. Other than recasting Paul Bettany. Yeah. Every character had been established. The designs were there. The droids were there. The sets were built. Totes. They had their key creatives. 
Bradford Young, who's the MVP of this movie. Mm-hmm. The most interesting aspect of this movie is just the way it looks, because it's the most... It looks interesting. It's the most interesting-looking Star Wars movie. It's the in, movie that's played the most with the actual I think cinematography. Last, Last Jedi is gorgeously shot, actually. I agree with I you, think, but yeah. I think this is actually my favorite-looking Star Wars movie. I think it looks good, but... What I would say yes. is that Lord and Miller hired Bradford Young. You know, they Correct. wanted and Bradford Young, to be clear, he's this sort of somewhat up and coming still. He's pretty young. He's, he's the like, best of his generation. He's, he's like a very 30s. exciting yeah. cinematographer who he shot Selma and then he shot the most violent, most violent year and then he shot Arrival. He has a very like foggy look. He loves He's like the the Gordon Willis of our time. He likes things dark. He likes, he likes colors. Dark. He likes having scenes giving them one specific color palette. And I love that in the movie you have scenes that are just like blue. Like yeah. the only lighting is blue. Um, you know? So but they hire Bradford Young. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yes. But I cannot imagine how their movie works no. with the Bradford Young thing. Because no. like Bradford Young is making yeah this like He's making like vanishing point. Like he's right. making this really like gritty, grimy crime movie. Yeah. And like Lord and Miller, like the stuff that feels like them in this movie, which is yeah. very few and far between, but like that moment where it's like, you just clicked that rock, you know, that's not, right. that's you, you just made a clicking noise. Like yeah. those fun little bits. Yeah. They don't match with that vibe. No, but I also think, and Lord, they've never yeah. made a visually interesting movie apart from like, the, the animated ones obviously yeah. are nice, but like, like it's not like Twenty One Jump Street looks that no, those, interesting. Those two films are like solidly shot. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. I think Lego Movie looks incredible, looks and great. I give them a lot of credit because that wasn't the obvious approach to shoot it like it was. Oh, stop I, motion, Lego small movie scale photography. Incredible. Lego Movie's amazing, right? Um, but uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, it, I, I will never see it, like you said. But I, I, when I was watching it, I was like, I don't see how this works with like no. goofy or but like, by all accounts uh, what they did on wink, the wink. two jump street movies and what they were doing on this is we want the time to really experiment with these scenes and find unexpected things right. which is what you kind of feel like this movie needs is just weird offbeat energy and angles right. to things but from all the reporting we've read one they ran into the problem of lawrence kazan wrote this movie right and so like, his character they're not shooting what i wrote yeah, they're not shooting what I wrote. Or they're not they're shooting doing... it the way I want them to. No, I think they were also junking. I lines. think it was both. Yeah, yeah. And Kazan, and also like not only are they not shooting what I wrote, but it's sort of the vibe from what Kazan's interviews have been like. They're not doing a Han Solo movie. They're just doing their movie. Like, and this is a Han Solo movie. Like, they're not getting the character. Right, yada, and then yada, it gets yada. into this whole thing with everyone. And he's a real having, like guardian of Han Solo. Everyone having all this anxiety about Alden Ehrenreich, who I think is the fucking best. He's great. I think he's good in the movie. Uh, I think he's solid in the movie. Yeah. But I do feel, I watched this and I, 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 there were moments in this film where I'm in the middle of filming right now. Mm. I'm very stressed out all the time. But, Wait, uh, can you put a violin yeah, underneath this? Put a this? fucking violin. Whatever. Okay, yeah, I don't great. know. Who cares? I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just saying <laughs> there were moments I was watching this movie and not just with him, but with like all the actors, I just almost started feeling a panic attack trying to imagine their production experience. Right, right. You know? And especially with him, because there was so much skepticism around anyone playing Han Solo. Yeah. Then when he got cast, people were like, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. Sure. He's, he's quite short. small. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, this and that. People but there hadn't was seen still Hail that Caesar. excitement because of Hail Caesar where people, people were like, he's such a talent. The people who seen Hail Caesar right. were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's an interesting choice. You're yeah, not hiring yeah, yeah. someone to do an impression. Right. And then when the Lord Miller stuff came out and Ron Howard took over, there were all these stories that it was like Lucasfilm hired an acting coach and they have someone working with him, which I think people misrepresented as he doesn't know how to act. Right. They're hiring someone to teach him how to act, which is, I think they brought someone on because everyone was stressed out about him being too far off from Harrison Ford. Maybe, but from what I read, 
they he needed to be calmed down and he really loved having this person yeah. like help him through whatever like maybe he was feeling the scale of it i don't know and which apparently a- it was like basically like everyone was like oh no they hired an acting coach but all the reporting read was like the acting coach was actually really helpful for him he liked it i'll like, say this yeah. too like the only acting teacher i ever really liked working with who the one who ellen burson recommended to you right who actually died about a year ago oh i'm sorry um uh, elizabeth right. kemp she was an incredible person but she uh her main sort of like uh sort of gig was she would be the onset acting coach for like five people who have been nominated for or won Academy Awards. Right. Like Bradley Cooper and Hugh Jackman and Jennifer Connelly and people like that, where whatever movie they were doing, they would pay her to fly down and be on set with them every day and work on the scenes with them. Wow. And that doesn't get reported on. Sure. And people don't go like, oh my God, Bradley Cooper doesn't know how to act. He needed her on set every day for American Sniper. Right. And it's like, that's his process. Yeah. Um, but it, everyone's knives were out for Eric so much. And I think, if you're a young dude, there's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of pressure. And then the directors get fired and the studio executives are going, is he too silly? Is he too broad? Is sure. the character this? Is the character that? You want someone to just be working with you and going like, you're good, you're good, you're good. You're good. And also like, here's your baseline. Let's get you here. You yeah. Know, you know, like if you're worried that you're too big or too small, right? right. Like, uh, well, this is what we should be aiming for. Right. There are moments in this movie where I feel, I, I get some excitement from his performance. Me I don't. Too. I don't think he's ever bad in the movie. I think at, at his worst moments, he is totally solid and he's carrying the film. I think at his best moments, he's really got his own thing going, which is kind of fun and engaging. That's kind of my take. Is I actually like the move, his performance. I, I like the movie. Yeah. But I, I like his performance, but um, to me, like it's just he's got his own thing going, and I think it's I think it's basically unified and good. I just don't. I don't know that it's. Han Solo. Like, it's just nothing like the Harrison Ford performance. I feel, like, fine. I like, feel like he doesn't have, maybe he has some, but he doesn't have as much charisma as some of the other supporting characters. Well, like, agreed, but I also think that's the problem with making Han Solo the lead. Right. He's not there to make fun he's of things. Not, he's yeah. not able to do his function. Right. Yeah. In the beginning, he is a little bit when it's more about him. And Which I love I know. this section. Just then, him as, like, a fucking small-scale, like, rat. con yeah, artist. He's yeah. like the artful dodger or something, you know? And, you know, the other problem is, yes, Donald Glover shows up in the movie. He's, one, doing an excellent interpretate it's like a he's, really smart he's sort doing of land location yes of, he's got the right. voice but it doesn't sound like he's doing the voice too yeah. hard you know what i mean like he just he, the way he's carrying himself is bright you know and it's also just like donald glover is he's a very charismatic actor and is a guy who is just so fully in the pocket right now he's in he some is, insane zone of just like artistic power he's having one of the greatest months any american artist has ever had i know this movie was shot a while ago what have you but but it's kind of an unfair advantage that lando gets to function like han solo in this movie you're right yes that's the thing although then it it takes sort of a weird but the seriousness yes like it's it's he's juggling all those and trying to figure out whether or not he cares whether or not he likes you you yeah that sort of stuff now there's a thing that this movie sets up a in this first 30 minute chunk we have the the best character in the film who's proxima this is a huge summer for Proximas in blockbusters. Yeah, because it's Proxima Midnight and Infinity War. Played or, by Carrie Coon. Yep. Great and, performance. And then just her name is just Proxima in this. Played, Lady, Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima played she's. by Academy Award winner Linda Hunt. That's right. You're talking about that wet worm that thing? giant mm-hmm. worm lady who's allergic to the sun fucking best character ever i was watching this and rocking and out. she's like oh han solo Unbelievable. you must bring me my hyper fuel and he's trying to out trick her she's like no no and That's she, what she's like. she yeah. likes it dark yeah 
which I'm a fan loves of. It you dark. love it yeah. dark? I love it dark. I love the You're look of that boy. set. I love the look of her assistant who has the like retractable <laughs> Me mask. Me too. I also just oh, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I get that the movie kind of needs to get off Corellia fast yeah. in some ways, but like I would kind of enjoy like a little Oliver Twist thing with her as Fagin, like just like 10 more minutes of that. 100%. And then this whole chunk of the movie, I'm like, when they go to this space that's sort of like the immigration. Yes. Like, yes. I'm like, this is where Star Wars works best. I know. I is love when it's it. sort of really strong analogs to current day struggles. I just want to pull you back for one second, though. Please. Because the movie does not have a crawl. Yeah. But it does do something new. Yeah. It does blue text a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it just has a couple. And then it has more blue text. Right. First time they've tried this. They keep trying to figure out, crack the non-crawl code. I don't think any of that's necessary, right? I mean, the information they give you is pretty much established within the next 90 seconds of the film. That is true. I think it's more of a mood thing than an yeah, information thing. But I, I kind like, of like the text. I don't know that it works. I'll tell you what I was thinking. I like, it is a lawless time. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also thinking like, if they're trying to establish a different tone and mood for for, for these like uh, spinoff movies like something as simple as just like having opening credits would throw a very different vibe that would be if you're not gonna do the radical, crawl if right. you're not gonna do the flying thing like when he was going through the opening car chase I was like I kind of want to see like production design by yeah. like that underneath would, that it. would be radical right you know but no one does that I know because like the, the Marvel Universe movies they, they always do the credits yeah. at the end like I feel like there's not a lot of movies that do the over you know, big blockbuster movies no, that do that. Now, the, the films that have to position themselves as major events. Right. I love opening credits. Me though. too. I mean, I love it you like know a, how obsessed I am with credits. Right. Yes. Uh, love it. I like I like the opening title. Like, I like the yeah. little weird holographic projection yeah. thing. But uh, yeah. But anyway, this whole opening section. He's a little street boy. I love. And, he's got a girlfriend. And I was just like, you know what? This is good Star Wars writing because anyone who thinks they don't like Star Wars would be able to totally connect to this. Here are two poor kids. Sure. They live in the slums. They're trying to get out, find a better life. Yes. I they think go that, to this weird office. It's like, okay, this is an immigration struggle. This is them trying to get out of poverty. This is them trying to find a better sort of class of citizenship. You know? They get yes. separated. I was like, all of this stuff is like right. very you relatable. You very into, I, I'm also into the scene. I like Proxima. She's, yeah, she's cool. It. I just think that she got the right ideas and that we should like think about her. As yeah. like a candidate in 2018. 100%. Something like that. You know, Proxima's just, I think she's just a good person. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but what you're saying about the the uh, Ellis Island, whatever it is, you know, the right. sort of like big transit hall. I love that where it's like, he's so fucked. Yeah. Like so many people in the Star Wars right. universe. What does he do? He has to sign up. Like that's like, you know, you're always wondering like, who wants to be a stormtrooper? Shittiest job in the world. Like I'm watching Just at this get point. shot. Like going, that's like, that job. Is this movie great? Like yeah, is this movie like super fucking high functional entertainment? With, walking out of the press screening, everyone was like, oh, those first half, that first half. What are they rough. talking about? Like it's underlit. It's so dark. Yeah, nothing's cool. happening. Cool. I, I agree. I'm just saying like, and then, and then they're like, and then, you know, when the story kicks in, then it's good. I don't agree. I really like the first half. And hour. I think there's more tension I'm more into him. Yes. I think yeah. there's more tension in them trying to get away from Proxima's people and the authorities than there is in the rest of the movie. That sort of opening chase stuff, them trying to get through the speeder chase. I love him being overly confident, thinking he's going to pull off this yeah, crazy the, cinematic uh, move and then getting caught like so into cute. all this, loving all the design, loving all the creatures a hundred percent. it. Then the flash forward three years Sure. They get separated. I, I, I just, well, 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 there's also the solo mo moment. Which, fuck that. What's your name? I'm not talking about it ever again. I'm not What's your favorite kind of cup? John Robin Blake. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what that's what it right? is. That's right. It. But at least in John, that that is just more Nolan going like wink. He's yeah. Robin. Whereas this is like Han Hershowitz. Uh, no, I go by my middle name. Solo. I go by my middle name. It's here on the ID card. Read it out for me, please. Yeah, Solo is a nice name. <laughs> uh, but I love that cut where they're like, you know, Empire. You're going to have a great time. Cut to, right, right. mud. Him in the mud. Just Him like, the go charge. You have to right. win for your empire that way. This is like classic, like fucking Star Wars. Like, you know, Luke's looking out at the two sunsets. He wants to get out of the suburbs, you know? This is, you know, the the Ewoks are like the Viet Cong, you know, the not sure. the Viet Cong, but you know, it's the the Vietnam War. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just I was like so into all this, and then when we're introduced to Beckett, Val, and Rio, uh huh, three hustlers who kind of are aspirational figures of a higher functioning version of what Han is trying to be, scrape by in life, but they seem to have it together. Yeah, and I was like, this is kind of cool. They become the people that he models himself after. That's what it feels like they're setting up. That it's almost like Beckett is to Han Solo what uh, in the beginning of uh, Last Crusade when young Indiana Jones sees the fedora guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, because Beckett's even got the holster. He's got the vibe. It's like. Yeah, no, but it's that thing. It's like Han Solo's like, right, I don't have to slave away in the Empire. I could actually just like this guy right. like I could do this shit and there's such a nice driving force of like he's got to get back he's got to make it bigger so that he can get back and find his love yeah he's still got this motivation because he's separated from Kira played right. adequately by Amelia Clark in right. this movie who I I know she's somewhat of a big star these days I do almost the whole time I'm thinking like did they just cast her because she's so short that like she's not going to dwarf Alden Ehrenreich. She's like five one. She's right? so tiny. Because yeah. I remember in the Terminator movie, yeah, like Jai Courtney is literally looks like he's like three feet taller than her. Yeah, she's just a small person. I did when they're like going through the the Ellis Island thing together in line. I did have that thought. Yeah, because um, this is one of my favorite things about Alden is that he's um, a little Jew boy, which makes me feel good that he's now playing Han Solo. Like his listed height is five nine. I I don't buy that. No comment. But I have a question. Please. So we're, we're sort of saying the character, Tobias, mm-hmm. Hansel looks up to him. Yes. And if you, let's say, were uh, someone who enjoys Blank Check, right. was like, I look, I want to do my own we're show. We're your Beckett. You're Hansel. Yeah. You're scraping by. You want to find a way to smuggle on our level. Right. You're saying someone might want to start their own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Start a, like, blank, blimp check, perhaps. I mean, look, that's, that's where a the, free idea. That's where the money is. That is where the money is. We're making tens of dollars per episode. Well, once you've recorded your show, mm-hmm. the next steps are reaching listeners, building an audience. God, these things sound impossible. I, I don't even, I'm stressed out even just thinking about, I don't even know where I get started, David. Do you have $9.99 a month for, you know, available, maybe? Well, well yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. You can pull that off. Yeah. I might boom? have to cancel, you know, some subscriptions. <laughs> well, audio boom. Sports can- Illustrated. <laughs> sure. Which I never read. It's just cheaper than toilet paper. Uh, uh, toilet papers. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll about Audio that Boom later. can help you out. They got a nine ninety nine monthly subscription plan for hosting and distribution. Here's what you get. Okay, two hundred minutes for each episode. Wow, that's incredible. Time. You get that for nine ninety nine. So you're done listing the things. No branded homepage on the Audio Boom platform. Wow, two things for nine ninety nine. That's a great deal. I'm gonna keep going. What? An embeddable player for web and social media. Embeddable. 
Unlimited storage. Unlimited. You can schedule the episodes so they that. post. Yeah, Ben likes to schedule Usually it. if I'm actually on time with <laughs> the episode being released, right. I was able to put it up, sure. set it, yeah. and then forget it. Yeah, set it and forget it. No. That's the Ben Hosley way. Uh, plus, uh, you get their partnerships. Audio Boom has partnerships with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, pending approval for each platform. But your show can be eligible for any of those things. And you got analytics. You got, yeah. you got how often numbers. it's been downloaded. Stats, baby. Age and gender and location and what devices are people listening to the show on right, and so it. much more. So to start up, for your $9.99 monthly subscription plan, go to audioboom.com slash star and sign up today. All right. That sounds so difficult, though. You have to find slash guitarist from Guns N' Roses and get him to help you start? No, you just go to A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-M.com slash S-T-A-R-T. That's all you need to do. Audioboom slash start. Does slash need to be next to me while I type in the URL? No, it's just audioboom.com okay, slash okay, start, okay, you fine. maniac. All right, let's talk about Han Solo. Okay, so Rio's got a bunch of arms. Val is Tandy Newton, who's having such a good resurgence right now. She's so good in this movie, and it's a bummer that she's not in more of it. I kind of wish they had subverted expectations and had Beckett be the one who dies earlier. The only thing I have to say about that is Woody is really good in this. He's very good. I I like what he's doing, but yeah, I think I might have more fun with her. I also think there's a point for about 40 minutes where the character has kind of nothing to do. They'll keep on cutting back to him doing stuff, but it sort of feels he has no narrative function again until the end. He doesn't, really. He gets lost for a while. Well, yeah, because his purpose in this movie, apart from initially Inspiring him, inducting him. He's basically say to Han Solo, like, you think you have things figured out, but you shouldn't think that, and you shouldn't trust anyone. You should be like me, just kind of like, you know, fuck the world, I walk out from myself. Right. Then there's like an hour where he's like a quiet ally in the set pieces, and then at the end he proves his thesis correct. A quiet ally who will sort of sidle in and be like, but, you know, Kira is a little yeah. weird. Don't, you know, keep your sure. eye on her. Yeah. But he doesn't, you're right. He doesn't right. do a lot. But yes, initially him, Tandy, and uh, John, Favreau. John, John Favreau as, uh, what's he, Chef what, Casper Rio. himself. Chef Casper, he's here. What do you think of this character? Uh, it won't stop talking about how good his Cubanos are, trying to get Oliver Platt to invest in his truck. Um, I real love it visually. He looks like a monkey. He's got a bunch of arms. He's an Ardinian. I like Favreau. Uh, the character felt a little off to me. I couldn't figure out what it was. He's not totally clicking in a way where he's, he's funny. Like he feels funny adjacent. If that makes sense. He's trying real hard. Yeah. He's all goof. He's all like, ah, it's going to be great. And and I do kind of like how loose and not a jerk he is. Yeah. it, yeah, there's there's something was, about him that's... Uh, I was looking at it and I was like, I don't find it annoying. This is funny on paper. I don't know why I'm not laughing, but something isn't connecting. So something I just really responded to is that he's... Ben's pointing at me. Yeah. He's like not a jerk, right? Yeah, not a jerk. I like he's, he's a nice guy. The whole overall tone of this movie mm-hmm. that I feel like what was lacking is like, this is a scumbag movie. This is a scumbag yeah. movie. I love scum- ben responded right. to that. I love yes. scumbag movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And to me, it felt maybe it's just a Disney-fied thing, mm-hmm. but it's like they never really go there. Like even the bad guy is bad. You can tell like he's done some shit. But we, if you're gonna make scummier. if you're yeah. gonna make this it's gritty not enough, I think. movie, it even looks gritty, but it yeah. isn't gritty. But let's That's say like weird. it never feels as scummy and dangerous as the cantina in the first Star Wars. No, which not genuinely at all. feels like uncomfortable. Right. right. Like some like and same with Jabba's palace feels genuinely uncomfortable. You know, and I yeah. think part like of a the, fight could break out. Part of the problem is right. 
you know, and this happens at the end of the movie, but someone, Akira, is it Kira? Who says yeah. to him, like, you, you you're kind of want to be a hero at heart. Like, right. And he's like, what? No. And they're trying to plant the seed for like, well, Han Solo does end up being heroic, but like, ah, fuck off. Like, it, it I don't care. It also sucks to plant that because the whole thing that's good about it's Han Solo's surprising. arc in the first movie. Right. And he shows up at the end. Right. Like it is. I mean, I know I've seen Star Wars so many times it's not, but like, it is. It's what, surprising when he shows up. What's great about Han Solo's arc nice. in the original Star Wars is that he's trying so hard not to care and he fails. Somehow yes. he gets involved. He's like Rick in Casablanca, right? You yeah. know, and Or like, like Rick in Rick and Morty. He's in it just for that such one stuff. Why do you keep bringing the worst, most toxic fan bases up? <laughs> Who have you got next? What's like another one? Don't worry, I got a whole list. Oh, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God, that's like yeah. long. Yeah. It's touching the floor. Um, no, Han Solo, you know, he's, he's an outlaw. He's like the, those guys who kneel uh, during the national anthem in the NFL. Cut that out. <laughs> double it. Keep what, it in and double it. What's up? I don't fucking know. All right. Um, uh, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. Don't make him be yes, a hero. Right, like, right. Just don't. Right. The point is like... Uh, that come later. I don't know. To, like, make him an anti-hero. They're trying to make him make both, him aware you know? that yeah. he's in the movie. Oh, you think that's the move? Yeah. Oh, he should turn and be like, I hope our opening weekend's higher than like Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Can I re-announce... Memorial Day opening weekends, am I right? Can I announce... There's the- an opening weekend joke in Deadpool too. Can I... I Wait, hold on. Yet. Can we get a high five? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Can I announce uh, a, a big uh, distribution of, of comedy points that happened last night? Oh, yeah, please. Go ahead. We saw the movie at the Alamo Draft House. That's true. <laughs> Our server came up to us. I forget what his name was before the movie started. I don't think he gave us his name. He and might he have. He was like, like you've been here before? You're like, yeah. He was like, okay, cool. Makes my job a lot easier. You know how to order this and that. Also, I want you to know, even though we cure the solo specials, which sure. were... Alcoholic beverages in solo cups. I ordered three out of the four. They were great. I got really drunk watching this movie. I was going to say, you you kept ordering. And I was like, wow, Griffin must be fucking wasted And I have not there. been sleeping or eating much. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> great. Um, but um, there were, he was like, I also want to let you know that the Deadpool menu is still in effect. And the chimichanga is particularly fantastic. And Ben, very earnestly, very seriously, beautiful delivery, did, yeah. turned to our server who he had met 15 seconds earlier <laughs> in what could have come off as a dick move yeah. and said, uh, excuse me, I have a question. Does the chimichanga know that it's a chimichanga? <laughs> this poor man is just and, trying to service food. And, and to his he, credit, very straight faced. I was like, basically Ben handed him a baton and he just grabbed it seamlessly and kept and running and board. said, it's a very self-aware chimichanga. He was totally a good sport. It was yeah. really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, comedy points all around. Oh yeah. yeah. We pulled a, a, a string and comedy points fell from the <laughs> ceiling onto the entire no, audience. It was like a, you know, ski ball, like tickets were just, <laughs> 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 Like 50 tickets just came out. Anyway, none of us ordered the chimichanga. None of us ordered them. They did no. sound pretty good. They sounded pretty good. I just wasn't in a chimichanga mood. Not a fan of beans. So. Well, I'm full of beans. Clearly today. What's gotten into you? Uh, yeah. So I'm like so into this movie. Right? You're into the first half hour. Right. And then there's the the bit where uh, he, he goes to them, realizes. I love this that he picks up on it. Sure. That he knows a scoundrel, so he knows what to look for. Right, because he says, like, you're the ranking officer, Captain, and, like, Danny Newton's like, ha, I guess you are. Like, right. Woody he's, like, Harrelson wearing captain uniform. in battle gets right. promoted to a higher yeah, rank yeah, because yeah. someone else died. Yeah. And Han Solo looks at him and goes, like, there are bullet holes there, so either you're invincible right. or you stole that off a dead man. Right. 
And he's like, what's your point, kid? You know, they're like, should we snap his neck or shoot him? Yeah. And he's like, I want in. I'm like you. I'm the best pilot in the galaxy. Let me in. You think he's going to win them over? They report him. Yeah, they're like, uh-huh. Hey, arrest this man. Right. Throw him in the pit with the beast. Yeah. There's a beast. He gets in the pit. Mudstep, mudstep. This is totally, for me, effective prequel stuff. This is what you want. This right. is what I want. You're happy with this. I'm happy with it too. I like the Chewbacca I'm happy thing. with this because yeah. it's not a dumb like, oh, this is how they met. Yeah, right. I bet you didn't know. I like it because it's playing off the tension of a prequel, which is how do they get from this point to the point that we right. know? Right, how they can be friends. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty nice that like Han Solo frees him. Yeah. You know, like that, that adds some emotional resonance which to their is, relationship. Which is, I feel like, and you know, this is back, especially back when you were a kid and yeah. it was just the original movies, but you'd read all those books. Right. And they'd always be like, oh, Chewbacca owes Han a life debt. And right. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? But when right. you're a kid, that sort of gets lodged in your brain. Yes. I guess that's this. this like, they, yeah. yeah. And it, and they didn't make it too explicit. They never right. have a scene where like Chewbacca goes like, oh, and Han goes like, a life, life debt? debt? Yeah, right. Right, what are right. you talking about? <laughs> right. I just like the look of Chewbacca in the mud. He's really dirty. They get out. Well, that's what I actually I was going to say. That's what I like. It's yeah. muddy. It's yeah. a mud scene. I mean, I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. come on, let's get let's get dirty. <laughs> let's get let's get dirty. But I like also that the dynamic isn't like they're just like oh we're immediate immediately friends. No, they're yeah. trying to each other. They're each in other. it together because they're yeah. literally have to. bonded together. Right. Right. It's like the defiant ones for five minutes, and right. then they're then they and yeah. Anyway, Han talks his way onto the ship. Uh, I like that Back where he's like, don't leave without me. And they're like, leave without you. You're about to get arrested. And right. then, of course, right as they're like lifting off, they see him there and they're like, fuck this kid. Well, I like that Rio's like, yeah, he's this is the Rio moment I like, I yeah. guess. It's just him being like, dude, he he got out of the Come on. pit. That's pretty impressive. Game recognized game. Yeah, I like this kid. So then they get on the ship and now it's like, okay, Chewbacca and Han have been inducted into this group of scoundrels. Here we go. They got to pull off a big heist. Got to travel around the galaxy with them so he can get back and find Kira. And I'm like, Die is cast. I like this movie. I like the story they're telling. They're going to be smoking cigarettes. They're going to be swearing. Right. They're going to be bad. Right. right? Yeah. So no, into it. And then what? The train heist happens first, right? Um, yeah. Then which the is, next thing is the train heist. I mean, well, there's that scene where they're around the campfire, the campfire which is I think nice. is quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I like the, it's obvious. There's nothing. This is, I mean, movie like Guardians of the Galaxy pulls this trick too. But yeah, mm-hmm. that thing where. He's trying to translate Chewbacca's. Yeah. He's searching for his, I don't know if he said tribe or family, but yeah. it's like, what's the difference? You know, yeah, and like, right. that's, you're like, oh, I get it. The movie's about like Han finding a family. But yeah. that can't be what the movie's about because one, Han doesn't have a family. He's Han Solo. Right. Two, he just hangs out with Chewbacca. Right. And three, like, that's never been part of his character is At like, all. he really wants to be part of a community. No. <laughs> No, uh, but whatever. I Part mean, of his okay. character is struggling to exist in a community. Yes, yes. And yes, usually, yes. even if you're in like a group of like thieves, like mm-hmm. I mean, the rule and you is, have experience being in that position. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. We used to do a lot of shoplifting. <laughs> Go on. What was the point you're gonna make? Uh, I feel like you're still out for yourself. Sure. Like that's what doesn't. It's like. Yeah. It would be more interesting if they were all sort of like infighting and and just, you know, manipulating each other. That's what thieves, bad people do. Now, here's something. They're not like, oh, Agreed. you're kind of like your, my dad figure. Sure. Right, right. Like right away. It's like, no, yeah. I might stab you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's something I find interesting. Well, what about Broth, though? Uh, the the villain. Is that the villain? No, Broth. What do you think about Broth? Who's like, Broth? Like it's I, soup? You need a bone broth. You need a bone broth. <sighs> oh, 
I, I literally thought you were saying a character's name was Bosk. Well, there is Bosk. He gets mentioned. Oh, I God. Love, listen. I pump my fist. Bosk, I like. That guy, Bosk is cool. I like. I think Bosk is like pretty smart. Can I throw something crazy out? Okay. Bosk is my favorite of the bounty hunter. I think Bosk is cooler than Boba Fett. Oh, you, you take him over Boba Fett. 100%. I'd Boba rather see Bosk, a cool. Star Wars story. I like TC-14. I like Bosk, baby. I mean, not TC. I mean, see I the do. Bosk baby. I like okay. IG eighty eight. Not not TC fourteen. The Bosk I do baby. Like, but he's the pirate dude, right? Bosk. No, Bosk is the one who's he's just the a lizard. lizard man in a yellow jumpsuit. Because then there's who's the guy who just has like a Dengar. towel. Dengar just has like a towel on his head. He's right? got a diaper head. Yeah, he's got diaper. And then IG eighty eight's just a robot. Yeah, he's a rabbit. And then you have uh, uh, Forlom and Zakis. Oh yeah. Zuckus is a bug. Right. And Forlom is like C three PO but black with a bug head. Yeah. That's all of them, right? Yeah, and I want to look at Zuckus. Yeah, he's cool. And then and then Mr. Boba Fett. Yeah, they're cool. They're a cool bunch. Yeah, they're good group of guys. You don't need their kind of scum. Yeah, I like IG-88 because he looks like a gun. Uh, yeah, me too. What if they did like an entourage with the bounty hunters? Great. Sure. <laughs> good. I would be into that. Uh, so, wait. And Jabba is like their Ari Gold. What was, what was your... I can't remember what it... Anyway, there's What I was like going to say... Yeah. <laughs> What were you going to say? What I was going to say that I find interesting is all the other actors when doing press for this movie have been like, this is Ron Howard's movie. And they're like, what about the Lord Miller stuff? And they're like, that was kind of a very long, expensive dress rehearsal. Yeah. Like there's very little of that footage. Tapley's articles said 70%. Chris Tapley and Variety uh, was Howard, essentially. And honestly, watching it, I was like, I I feel like it's more. I do too. You know, but, but also like maybe just a lot of the action is, was already kind of put to right bed, right but you know. um you know originally they wanted ron howard to just sort of finish it out and do selected reshoots yeah and see what true. he could re-edit because initially but they did fire lord and miller because the thing is like disney reshot rogue one right 50 percent of it i've right. heard like you know a lot of it but it is credited to the original director and the original director was always on set for the reshoot but i heard that the deal with rogue one was they said to gareth edwards we're gonna take this movie away from you yeah you can agree to that and we'll let you go around and have the press tour and take credit for the movie. Right. And, and you can be on set while other people are overseeing it. We'll listen to your input. Yeah, because that's DJ rules. Would, uh, you'd have to fire him otherwise. He right. has to be there. And they right, threw yeah. that offer to Lord and Miller and they said, we don't want to be credited with a movie that we're not making. Sure. So they walked. I guess. So. You know? Yeah. I mean, they were told to walk. Yeah, but, they were fired. Right. right. Uh, but they had the option to stay on and save face and they probably would have brought someone less... Yeah, not, maybe than not Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Ron the, Howard comes in, he looks well, at the movie and, okay, go The ahead. interesting thing I was going to say is every other actor has gone, this is Ron Howard's movie, this is Ron Howard's movie, he really saved us. Tandy Newt in interviews has said, I, I find it weird how much the thing's overhyped. 90% of my footage was directed by Lord Miller. Hmm. I mean, she only has three yeah. scenes, essentially. But, because she's got the, the opening battle scene, mm-hmm. then she has the campfire scene. Yeah. And then this heist where she dies. Like, I, that's it. I yeah. just find that interesting. So maybe they... That apparently most of her stuff yeah. was shot by them. And this is the section of the movie that's really kind of jiving for me. Hmm. That's all. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I like Ron Howard. I don't love him. I mean, he's I made like five movies I really like. Yeah. And he's made like five movies I kind of hate and like 10 other yeah. movies that are okay. Right. Like, and then 10 other movies that don't exist. Uh, he's like, made right. a lot of movies. Yeah. I no, mean, I agree with you. I don't hate him. I, I, I like him. And I'll, I'll, you know, obviously he's like, you know, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I have two devices that are synced up. You know, he's in Arrested Development. So you always enjoy, you know, you think of, I, I, 
I, for some reason, as a kid, saw his episode of The Simpsons like 1,000 times. Right. Like, right. I saw that's every fine. episode of The yeah. Simpsons 500 times, but and I saw his even more. He's got a reputation as like, oh, that's one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Yeah, Ron Arts, well what liked. a sweet guy. It's and nice that he has the Lucas connection. Yeah. Yeah. He was in American Graffiti. And right. They're old friends. Lucas offered him one of the prequels. That was his original plan. kind of interesting. Right. The original and, plan was Lucas would do Phantom Menace. And Howard, Howard would do two. Do Spielberg yeah. would do three. Yeah. And, and both of them were like, you should make these. Yeah. And my guess is they probably saw Trouble Ahead where they I were like, so eh, this is just George's Who wants thing. that pressure? Yeah. Like, that's kind of a thankless job. And they probably both knew what George was like, yeah. you know, on like Return of the Jedi right. where he's kind of the boss. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ron Howard has made some good movies. Re- well, no, he's made a couple of bad movies his, recently. But Rush had, is phenomenal. Yeah, That's a terrific movie. Agreed. Uh, uh, Inferno doesn't exist. Yeah, really doesn't exist. In the Heart of the Sea, I saw that one. I never saw that one. It's rough. Yeah, uh, it's ambitious. Like I don't. I think the script is the problem with that movie. But uh, I don't really like Frost Nixon, which was I don't his either. last. Why is this still happening? Yes, mute, mute. I thought I had. Uh, Cinderella Man is like okay. Uh huh. You know, it, it's kind of well made. I don't like that it's movie. So I don't like that movie other than Giamatti. Uh, the Missing is like kind of good. Uh-huh. You know, like it's sort of a fun little genre movie. A Beautiful Mind is is watchable. It's like, watchable. I, I think the Grinch movie sucks. Yeah, I mean that movie is a nightmare. I think Ed TV is terrific. Like, I I've always always been a huge fan of that movie. Is Ed TV his best movie the last twenty years? I guess so. Because Apollo rush. thirteen is right outside. Right. I mean, of that's that. his best film. And then I like the early comedies. I don't like Cocoon, but I I like uh, I like the Keaton movies, obviously. Yeah, I mean Gung Ho is like not a good movie, but like it's sort of like it kind of moves. Yeah, but Splash N- is good. Night I like Shift, Splash. Fox. Night Shift's good. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's it then? The paper is like watchable. Oh, the paper rules. I mean, that's set yeah, at like I mean, my mom's right, work. Right, I love yeah, that movie. Yeah. Uh, the Willow is good. Willow. Um, it's interesting, it's, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Parenthood. I forgot he made Parenthood. Oh, Parenthood's very good. Yeah, that's a solid movie. Yeah. I forgot he made that. Yeah. That's He's crazy. made so many movies. He's And Backdraft is pretty good. He has made so many movies. So many movies. Ransom? He made Ransom. Right. Which, oh, God. The fucking... Good score. Yeah. I jammed to the Ransom score. What a crazy career. Yeah. Anyway, he did okay. He's brought on, Not and it was odd because it felt like, oh, he's here just to finish up someone else's movie, but then he really kind of took over it. He's clearly into it. I remember he was on social media too and he was like pu- publishing yeah. pictures every day. He loved making a Star Wars movie. Right. That's obvious. Because they shut the movie down for like two weeks to bring him in and assess what needs to be done. They also fired the editor and replaced the editor. Oh, interesting. Pietro Scalia was his hire. Because I know they had been and they like, considered firing Young, I think. Or at least like they said yeah. like, do you want to keep Bradford Young or do you want a new DP? Right. And he wanted to keep Bradford Young. And he never used he to He said be- they connected right away. They really, like he really loved Bradford Young's like take on the movie. Howard never used to be a very visually interesting filmmaker. He's he was a very good recently. storyteller, but yeah. he started doing those Anthony Dodd Mantle movies yeah. and like Rush looks amazing. Yeah. Heart of the Sea looks very good. It does. Yeah, Inferno I can't speak for. No. Um, I don't know. It's like a weird jambalaya. And then, and then like- they pull off this this train heist, you but okay, Val Benny? sacrifices herself, okay. right? Yeah, she blows this up. This sequence is kind of fun. I like the train sequence. I think sequence. it's not great. It's cool. No, I like it. I, I like- get really excited at the setup. I'm like, this seems fucking cool. The, the troopers have magnet feet. They're moving really fast. Yeah. Chewbacca's got goggles. I'm like, all the pieces on the board get me really pumped. And then I don't find it that viscerally thrilling, but it's fun. It's a little gray because yeah. the palette is so white and gray because uh-huh. it's snowy and mountains and stuff. It's okay. I... At a certain point, you kind of realize, like, oh, this is just plot device. Like, this right. is just, we're going to lose Val, we're going to lose the score, and it's going to be, like, what spurs the rest of the movie. Yeah. 
Chewbacca trying to hold little, the train together is fun. It's like kind of fun. There's some fun beats. And then Enfys Nest is right. who's this sort oh. of villain in this sort of samurai uniform. And Enfys Nest theme song sounds like it's like the, it's like the score from the Thin Red Line. Yeah. It's like it, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a bunch of like it's like a Polynesian singers. choir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I I kind of dig the look I of do Enfys too. Nest. Yeah, I, but but they're kind of like oh no, it's Enfys Nest, and you're like it's who now? Who, what? Right? Is that a person? Is and that a group? What they end up selling with Enfys nest i'm buying but it's also like this feels like I'm a lot to totally throw on us it. this late and it feels kind of disconnected from the rest we'll of what this movie that. is you doing. can't we'll just say oh they're marauders right. and we're like oh oh of course marauders yeah that's but, a word I so use whatever all the time. I'm, what I'm, I'm like- buying emphasis nest in the sense that i would like a screenplay that started with that as a starting point yeah for i the get idea. what you're saying rather than it's, this it's folded into in. it right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay but so after the the, the heist goes wrong uh, Rio get dies too. He gets yes, shot. Right. Um, and uh, so you've just got Han, Chewbacca, and uh, Beckett. Beckett. Yeah. They go to the Crimson Dawn ship. Uh huh. Right. Yes. To to meet with their boss, who they don't have a score for. Which, to be clear, Crimson Dawn is not a horror movie. It's a gothic romance. Now, again, I am not great on uh, Star Wars. Expanded universe Expanded, stuff. But this yeah. is a thing, right? Like Crimson Dawn has already existed. I right? can't speak to that. I don't know if that's true. Maybe not. For, the name was so familiar. I think because of Crimson Peak. That, that great movie. Yeah. Uh, well, then who are like the the mobsters in the old like Star Wars books and shit? They exist, but I think because Crimson Dawn is set up to be this fucking resurgence of Darth Maul thing. Yeah, And the people who have been following the sort of appendix material, the comics and the cartoons, if they knew Crimson Dawn, that would tip them off, right? Yeah. That's why I think it has to be a new thing. But I can't speak to this and someone's probably yelling online about the fact. Yeah, that, I'm trying to look yeah. it up. Um, this is where the know. movie weirdly just... Maybe not. Maybe it's new for this movie. The, yeah. the, the balloon is untied and from here on out we're pinching it and the air starts coming out. I really like Paul Bettany's performance. Yeah, I was going to say, I I agree with you, but I do like this scene. I do too. I like the set. I keep doing like I a like, triangle. I like him. I like but, the set. But from the moment he sees Kira again, I stop understanding what the movie's trying to do. Agreed. I stop knowing what story they're trying to tell. Because basically now, at this point in the movie, you've got Crimson Dawn with Kira and right. Paul Bettany. They and need their she's, stuff. right, like uh, uh, sort of under indentured servitude. Yeah, you get the impression that her way off of Corellia was like, right, she joined this right. organized crime How did you thing. get out? I didn't. And she's right. branded. Now she's just right. stuck with Crimson Dawn, yeah. who are gangsters. They're a crime syndicate, right? Uh-huh. There's like right. five syndicates and they're one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Their logo is like a circle with a line. Right. And uh, which, because crime syndicates should always have logos. I love that when a crime syndicate has a logo. Dave, it's all about branding. Like, remember, like imagine like the mafia pulling up and like, you know, there's like a big rose on the side of their truck. And like, ah, the mafia, everyone knows them. Here they are. Yeah. Broken Lizard, a comedy mafia. <laughs> they have their logo, of course. Um, and then you've got uh, Lando. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Lando, <laughs> right? <laughs> it takes a while for Lando to come in, though. This movie also feels very long to me. It's so long. It's way too long. How long is it? In- it I think it's two hours, 20 minutes. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, no, what, two hours, 15. Okay, it's 135 okay. minutes. I'd say it feels 230. It does. It feels long. Well, and it feels like a movie that should be 145. It's a classic movie where when it's over, like when the Kessel Run essentially is over, when yeah. the, like the second to last set piece is over, you're like, oh, the movie's over. And then the movie's like, 20 more minutes. Well, yeah, you know, it's like- weird because then they start talking about camp. 
uh, but I like joy. I saw it with my girlfriend, and she like at the mo- at that points. moment, yeah. like just like put her head on my shoulder with like just exhaustion with yeah. the movie. Just yeah. like <laughs> it just kind of wears you down. Yeah. Um. So they meet with uh, Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss. He's given a really interesting performance. He's- fucking great i just we turned to each other and both said such a good actor yeah right like in unison we just went like good actor. playing he's playing it so restrained and friendly and threatening without i feel like doing any of the cliches you could do i agree he's playing off beat in a way that's really interesting it's nuts to think that this was originally michael k williams in a mocap performance as like a lion lion? man yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was gonna be that character yeah and then because he's attached to and just started crying spontaneously because michael k Williams is attached to the Sundance show Happen Leonard. Right. He couldn't do reshoots. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. Everything's crazy. And then Paul Bettany said he I text- hate the way movies are made. It's nuts. Like, did you hear the Paul Bettany story? He said he just texted Ron Howard because they work together right. on the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. So they know each and other. And Beautiful Mind, which he's great and in. And Beautiful Mind, which he's terrific he's in. He's maybe the best really. performance in Beautiful Mind. I would argue. He's very good in it. I remember seeing that with my mom and going like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, I was already all in on Paul Bettany because he was in Gangster Number 1, which is this yeah, phenomenal... Uh, that was sort of his launch movie. Right. Uh, yeah, that's but 2000. That wasn't there. Yeah, it was a year before. But he's kind of got this vibe in Gangster's Number yeah. 1 where he's like kind of scary because he's playing a young Malcolm McDowell in but that movie. But there is something very sensitive about him. You know, yeah. even when he's playing heavies. Yeah, no, you're right. And then Vision's my favorite character in the MCU, hands Agreed. down, no question, no competition. Yeah. Um, I always love him. Uh, I'm happy that he's in big movies again now. Cause I Me think too. He's, well, a he's guy, talked about yeah. how he was really at the end he of was his out. career. Yeah. Like, cause I remember when he got cast as vision, like he told some story about like, his he agent had, called him, dropped him, said, you're never going to work in this town again. Almost. Literally. Like, and yeah. like he had just washed out on some ad- audition, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, and his agent was like, I, this is just not working anymore. And Joss Whedon was like, hey, you're going to play the vision because you're uh, the guy in the movie. So let's right. have you play vision. Right. And like it like saved his career. Practically. Yeah. Uh, he also like he turned down a bunch of shit to make like uh, that Darwin, Darwin movie. movie. And was... also he did. He directed the movie uh, with. Jennifer Connelly and Anthony Mackie, right? Like, it's called, yeah, right. He did a couple. He's got this weird, nice relationship with Jennifer Connelly that seems one very of the happy, lovely. Couples alive. They're, those are two of the most attractive people. They're very attractive yeah. people. And uh, wait, I was going to say something else. Oh, anyway, no. He texted Ron Howard and was like, "Ha ha, lol." Could I be in Star Wars? And Ron Howard was like, "Hmm, give me a minute." Yeah, and then was like, "Actually, yeah, do you want to be yeah. above the title? You, you want to be getting an and? Yeah, you want an and here? He's got he's he's got a Ben vibe." Uh, I mean, got yeah. the coloring, you know. He he dresses great. He's great rated fashion. Who was the guy we were saying could play a good older Ben? Oh fuck, who was it? There was an, oh Eric Stoltz. Yeah, Eric Stoltz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Because we were saying that Caleb Laundry Bag is obviously Hosley, a Ben War story, the prequel, <laughs> right, right? But Eric yeah. Stoltz is the like Ben settling in, yes. like learning how to love. Kind right, of right. <laughs> or it could be like a Ben sitcom where he's like the frustrated dad. Ben! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the upside down exclamation point. Oh, sure. God. Um, That's anyway. a Rob joke for you, Rob heads out there. Mm-hmm. Was that on Netflix? Rob? No, you're thinking of real Rob. Rob, <laughs> Rob was on CBS. That was Rob with the two exclamation points upside down. Yeah. Okay, so Dryden Voss is like, sorry guys, you fucked up. I'm going to have to kill you. I just like that thing at the end where he's like, if you don't pull this off, we're out of options. You but, know, but like also, really, really yo, friendly, but yeah. where he's basically saying, you will die. But also, the chemistry is very weird between 
uh, Clark and Aaron Rick from this point on because I think they're pretty good at the beginning of the movie together. They have that they like kiss young good. kids. They kiss good. They do good kiss. Well, their mouths are at similar heights. But um, but they also like from this moment on, they're trying to set up this thing of like, oh, she's kind of changed. She can't really trust her anymore. Yeah. She's very cool and collected now. She's it, all dressed up, you know. I'm, I'm not feeling like the tension of she's totally gone or he's trying to find her in there. Well, oh, it just feels kind of off. Also, the problem is like, uh, she's like, I'm different now. And he's right. like, no, you're not. You're the same. And she's like, no, I'm not. And the audience is like, no, she's not. Right. And we he's don't like, buy ah, it. She doesn't she's fine. feel transformed. Cool. She just feels less engaged. And, right, and then they go see the gangster and the gangster's basically like cupping her face the whole time. And right. it's like, Kira, I love you. And Han's like, Tch. Kira is so into me right now. <laughs> like, you're kind of, come on, dude. The whole thing is very read the room. odd. And then it's just like, I don't really care about this mission they're on because I don't see, like, it's like. The mission is just Beckett to get, get some hyperfuel. So his can, best friend. Yeah. He's just like, should be more depressed than he is. Yeah, but he's right? an asshole. Like, but I he's actually an don't asshole. mind that. Yeah. Right. Han now has gotten back together with Kira, at least physically. He's in the same space as her. Right. So what's he in it for? You know, like, I understand it's like, well, they're scoundrels. They pull off a mission because they that's what they do. But it's also, there's kind of no emotional drive left in the movie at this point. Now it's just uh, got to figure it out. So, right, let's get a ship. We need a fast ship. Kira knows a guy. It's Lando. Okay, now we're going to get 20 minutes of Lando. This scene Fine. rules. This poker scene is great. It's also, what you want. well shot. Looks shot. good. Yeah. Love how it looks. Yeah, and, and now it's like, okay, here's the one character who's behaving the way we want all the characters to act in this movie. Yes, that's true. Um, he's got the vibe right. Yeah, yeah. The Sabacc game is cool. Yeah. Bunch of beasts, cool mm -hmm. weird aliens. I love that he catches the, the device that uh, Lando has up the sleeve, mm -hmm. but they save that for the end payoff. That's like pretty good. Right, because everyone knows like he won the he won the Millennium Falcon in a card game. So we're right. like, is this it? Is he just going to win it right now? Like, Right, yeah. when... When Han doesn't blow up his spot, I was like, that's a weird, like, just kind of like nothing end, which I was just chalking up to this movie was reshot. They're probably a bunch of dangling threads. Pretty good Chekhov's gun to, like, bring it in at the very yeah, end. Yeah, I think that's fine. That's yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, I, but I also like Lando's whole vibe is like, I run this place. I'm great. And then they're like, we need a, you need your ship for a job. And he's like, Phew. All right, I guess so. And then you like find out that his ship's been like impounded because he like parked next to a hydrant or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, "What do you mean? It's just normal." Oh, this is crazy. He's like, too cool is, to care, but also totally not fine. caring means that you get in trouble. But, like the whole, time, right, the whole time, the whole time you're realizing, like, "Oh, Lando is like living on the edge. Like yeah. he is fucking broke. Yeah. Like he's basically like gambling to stay alive. Yeah. Ships impounded. Ding dong. Oh. Ding dong. Ding dong. All right, get the door. Get the door. Okay. That's a good source of protein. Uh, God, it's been a while since I recorded one of these. Uh, it's a you? good source of protein. <laughs> I, uh, sir, I can you lost. not yell right in the mic? I'm Admiral Orex Bar. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. It's a good source of protein. Oh. Okay. Why are you laughing at my no, face? You're sorry. My uh, fish face. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's just it's that cool. you, you're right. You, not a lot of people walk in with fish faces, but it's you. It's Admiral Akbar of the no, Rebel Alliance. No, it's his cousin, Admiral Orexbar. Wow. <laughs> uh, what are you here to talk about? I need a source of protein. I ran out of Orexbars. I need a good deal. Okay. So you, you do usually eat Rx bars. Get a good whole food protein bar. 
they're friends of the show. They've they've uh, uh, advertised with us before. They're we actually really like their uh, food. Yeah, I'm. Hey, this is I'm Griffin. How's hey, it going, a- Admiral? Uh, this is Griffin Newman. Yeah, uh, I I eat them a lot actually when I'm on set because uh, most food makes me need to shit. So it's just like, oh, here's like a good, like, I don't have to act for six more hours trying to hold in diarrhea. I'll just eat an RX bar. Binding, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, RX bars are good. They, they're like a protein bar that doesn't sound like, doesn't feel gross and isn't like filled with artificial ingredients. Mango pineapple. Uh, that, that's one of the flavors. Pear butter and berries. Sure. Chocolate hazelnut. Oh, these are the three new flavors that you're talking about. As of no May flavors. What? It's a new line of flavors. Yeah. They, so now that there's 11 flavor varieties. And starting in May 29th, uh, RX Bar is introducing RX Nut Butter. What? Made with the same core ingredients as RX Protein Bars. But they have a, so they have a base of nuts, uh, peanuts or almonds. They have egg whites and dates. And it's available in honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, peanut butter, and vanilla almond butter. Um, David. Yeah. He said he knows all about our X bars. I mean, I think he eats them all the time. He was just looking for some kind of deal. I'm just saying. Can we help him here? He might not know about the new bars that are coming May 29th. I did, but go on. All right. Well, for 25% off of your first order of Here RX we go. Bars, now we're in business. You can go to rxbar.com slash check and you can enter the promo code check at checkout. So I check to make sure I've clicked checkout? No, listen, listen. You got to enter the promo code check at checkout. And for a limited time, every order will receive free samples. Free sample offer ends June 30th. That sounds like a trap. Well, you... It's too good to be true. No, it's not a trap. It's a check. Promo code check. Ah. All right. That's a good source of protein. He's, he's just floating out. He's in that chair. He can fly, apparently? No, he's in that floating chair thing. Oh, yeah, he's in the floating chair thing. What do you think of that, Ben? Uh, so where are we at? The <laughs> Lando, you know, Lando's cool. Cool capes. Got capes. I like the cape yeah. jokes. Cape jokes are funny. That, again, he his character hits like a lot of really just like funny moments yeah. that aren't like stupid. Like whereas Han, it, it, every joke of his is so throwaway and yeah. cheeky and just so, you shitty. Know, it's, it's always going to be a tough balance with these prequels of the how many winks do you do? And some of them where it's like, What's your name? Chewbacca. I'm going to need a nickname. Where I'm like, I never really thought about Chewie as like a nickname Han invented. Right. Like, Wait, should we just, call you Baka? Right. Like, it's like some of these things, like, uh, okay. Can we tell him the joke I made to you? Yeah, please. So he goes, We're going to need a nickname. And I turned to you and said, Greg Silverberg. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird one. I had to think about it. He laughed. I laughed. It was funny. Uh, listeners, he laughed. Um, here's another thing that hit me watching this movie. I kind of think the Finn arc is weirdly the better Han Solo movie. The thing I like a lot in The Force Awakens yeah. is that scene where Han Solo totally sees through Finn. Yeah. And is like, kid, I know a liar. What does he call him again? A big deal? Mr. Big, big deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, women, they can see through it. You know? No, it's a, yeah. You've forgotten one thing. Like, women always know the truth. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And that scene I love because you're like, oh, this must be what Han Solo was like when he was young. Han recognizes it because he was this fake until you make it guy. And and he was in the Empire and washed out, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Finn is actually very funny. I mean, he's got a lot of energy because he's able to make his own character. John Boyega is a very compelling actor. Boyega is very good in that movie. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking about this movie and then I'm thinking about The Force Awakens. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking about like how much better The Force Awakens yeah. is than this movie. Yeah. Like, cause I can, re- you're remembering a scene. Like, you're, right. and I'm like, that I have that scene in my fun. head. Like, I know that scene yeah. really well. When we sat down to watch Solo, I had just seen it like 10 days yeah. earlier. And I was like, I don't remember one fucking thing. About it's already kind of leaking I, from my brain. Yeah. I loved looking at it. Yeah, I like looking at it. Yeah. I was never. I like Star Wars. Like it. I'm always going to be into Star Wars. Right. Like I like. It's a nice sandbox. Like it's a nice like aesthetic sandbox. But but then you just go like the universe feels small when they keep on trying to tie everything back into these central points that we already know. And even Rogue One, which I like more theoretically by being like new cast of characters is tying so much into one event that we know. Yeah. I'm just like, give me a Star Wars movie that's like two young dreamers on the outskirts trying to make it out and get a better life for them. Totally. And and maybe that's what like Ryan Johnson's movie can be. You know, this is the thing is like, stop doing these prequels and shit and just, yeah, if you want to give us a quote unquote Star Wars story, give us a Star Wars story. And just pick real like human experiences and place them into this universe. Aren't they starting a streaming service? Yeah, they are. And John Favreau is going to do a Star Wars live action TV show. See, now this is a movie that I would be fine to watch at home. I just saw Mike Ryan and he was saying like that Solo should probably be a TV show. It feels like watching six consecutive episodes and not getting to the season finale. And I would have actually liked it better because I would have been able to watch it at home. Yeah. But then I feel like what they're going to do is they're going to make a TV show out of what you're pitching, which is just unconnected characters and just a unique sort of scenario based in this universe. What he said the show is going to be is set after Return of the Jedi when the yeah, Rebels have succeeded. it's going to be set succeeded. in that sort of uh, middle patch between the, the old movies and the new movies. It's going to yeah. be like next generation kids sure. growing up in the freedom. Yeah, cool. Sounds Great. cool. Whatever. Just give me don't, totally fucking new characters. I don't really characters. care, exactly. And even I think Star Wars Rebels does a really good job of that. It's the reason I prefer Rebels to Clone Wars, which I've only watched pieces of. Yeah, uh, the CGI Clone Wars, but Rebels is just like here are five new characters, and sometimes they'll tie into things you know. Sometimes Lando will appear. Sometimes you go, oh, that's how this happened. But by and large, it's like here are five people with yeah, a struggle you get, and you're yeah. gonna love watching them try to exist in this world. There's so many pockets in this universe that's that we the can stuff live in. I like in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I always like. What I mean, about like a courtroom kind of movie, oh, you know? God, imagine Night Court set in the Star Wars oh, universe. That would be so good. <laughs> Did not expect Ben to say that. <laughs> yeah, like Matlock in yeah. the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say aesthetically, aside from the Bradford Young of it all, I like that this movie, I think, hits the best balance of the new Disney Star Wars movies and getting what I love about Star Wars is like the thing I love about like fucking New York which is like the contrast right side by side oh, sure, right. yeah, of these things like, that are super shiny and super grimy, right. things that like are very high class and very scuzzy. outside the right. Chrysler building or whatever. Right. I don't know. I, I yeah. love that mishmash of all, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the socioeconomic levels and, and because of that, the different levels of technology. Sure, and, and it's something and, that George Lucas kind of forgot in the prequels, I think. Which just become the, you know, the Parisians like dancing, you know. Before the society crumbles. Oh, sure. Yes, yeah. right, right. Well, then right. that was his take. Right, the courtesans and <sighs> what have you. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, you know, and I like the way, you know, like what, one thing I love about The Last Jedi, which is, again, a much better movie than this movie. Yeah. Is stuff like that where he shows you the nice, the casino planet. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, but like, hmm, yeah, underneath. this is fucked up. Right. right. Yeah. And then Benicio yeah. del Toro shows up with his boots around his neck. Right. Which, look, that works Old better. boots neck. Narratively and metaphorically. On just a pure visceral, like whiz bang level, I like seeing the thing side by side visually in this movie. Whiz bang, whiz bang. Um, hey, you brought up uh, his character, Belicios. 
Benicio, yes. Benicio. Yeah. My dad calls him Benedicio. Fuck me. What's the matter? Which anyway, he down. was he was a good like shitty yeah, well, scumbag. Yeah, he's character. a good scumbum. Right. He's got a jughead hat and he He like lives up to and to it and you believe it and the Lando thing of you don't know whether or not you can trust this guy. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know how right. it, Beckett never really feels dangerous to me. Not Save really. Other you. than when he rats him out in the on the battlefield. No, Ben Beckett doesn't really feel dangerous. He feels a little grimy. Right. But he doesn't really feel no one in this movie feels that dangerous except for Bettany. Who I do, I do think conveys threat quite well. And I think Lando works because you actually can't read him. You don't know Lando's where he's just landing. a fucking blast. Yeah, so I mean, right. Let's talk about the other thing that I think totally works in this movie. It's a bridge arc. I don't. I I think they shortchange her by like really rushing through it. Sure. But L three is fucking cool. She's great. Played by Phoebe Waller Bridge of uh, Fleabag. It's she's just the fucking best. She's writing this show, Killing Eve, right now. That like I'm not watching much TV, and yeah. it's great. Like and I'm watching this show. It's like the only TV show in the last like ten years that has grown literally every single episode. Yeah, yeah that's true. Which is very hard. It's to like do. a runaway success. Uh, it's great, and she's great. Yes, L three three seven. If is, you haven't uh, watched Fleabag, watch it. It's six episodes. It's, it's awesome. one of the best comedy shows of the decade. It's awesome, and yeah. she's a droid. Yeah, uh, she's kind of clunky looking. I like how she. I love her look. I love that she looks she like R two D two and C three PO combined. Do you yeah, know what I'm she, saying? Like her limbs are very flat and sort of like like wooden planky. Yeah, R2 but she's D2-ish. got like a posture. She yes. sort of walks with like it's, some attitude. It's a really good physical performance, and she did it all on. Yeah, set. she was on set. And she wore uh, the suit, and then they CGI'd out her green body stocking so she looks skinnier and more I heard when she auditioned that she did not know what a droid was which I really liked she had seen a Star Wars movie she's really funny she's uh, cranky yep Uh, she's 100% confident that Lando's in love with her but she's like look I'm not interested it's embarrassing yeah yeah Uh, she's a droid rights activist Uh which is an interesting concept for Star Wars to bring up at this point Mm -hmm. because that's always been a question a lot of people have where they're like, these droids seem like people. Like yeah. they're not just like Autobots, right? Like right. they, they like have like personalities. Yes. Like, so what the fuck? Like yeah. do people own them? Like what's the relationship mm-hmm. here? Like all of that. I uh, like all that too. I think she's really funny. I like all her scenes. Yeah. She does die fast, but yes, the idea I think the casting has here is like, they're always talking about the millennium Falcon as a ship with so much personality. Yeah. And like, it turns out she is, that now where do you land on this um i don't mind i think it i actually think it fucks up the movie it it makes the movie like really collapse under scrutiny i think so too because the she is set up as lando's friend Mm -hmm. lando's like companion yes and then she dies and is loaded into the millennium falcon right because she's and, got the best map in the galaxy. She's right, got this in her sort of brain. Right. So they sort of jack her brain into yeah. the ship. I don't mind that. That's a cool idea in my in opinion. In order to save the day. But that's an odd thing to do when the arc necessarily has to conclude with Han winning the Millennium Lando Falcon. loses the ship, which sucks. And like, it'd be one thing if the arc in the movie was that she really takes a shine to Han. Which and they have a happen. connection. They don't have any connection at no. all in the movie. So it's weird. It also feels a little... Twilight Zoney to me. I know people on Twitter were saying it feels a little Black Mirror where it's almost a nightmare that's like now her brain is just caught in here forever. You think about how long we know the Star Wars universe lasts for and it's I, like no, so decades later it's still just her brain she can't speak. 
you know, being passed around. I, I don't mind that. Unkar Plutt just owned her for a while, <laughs> you know? No, I don't mind that because, like, He gave I, her one quarter portion. I, I think it's... <laughs> there's a mention of portions in this movie. I think it's cool to to have that weird sort of concept of, like, yeah, is this, like, immortality or is she not a personality anymore? Like, that's... I don't care I find that. it a little depressing just because she is separated from Lana, though. Well, that's what I... That's, yeah. I just think it's, like, they had two ideas. Yeah. They have this idea. Let's explain why the Millennium Falcon is such a quirky ship. Right. And let's explain how Han won the Millennium Falcon. But then they forgot to knit them together. Right. Wait, how is it a quirky ship, though? They're always talking, oh, this old girl. Yeah, you know, they always sort of like in the original. Yeah, but people not, just say that about vessels. But That's they're the always thing. saying it, that. It like, never felt they, like she had a personality. No, it but, just feels well, like they were personing her, if that makes sense. A little bit. But they're yeah. always, it's, the whole thing with the Millennium Falcon is always like, What's so special about that hunk of junk? Right. And one thing would always be, well, it's very fast. But the other thing would be, oh, she made the Kessel Run. And, you know, like, yeah. where they're like, ah, she's special. You know? Honestly, Ben's that's like some it. nerd shit. I could not <laughs> care like, less. There, there's a good, like, uh, fucking Doctor Who episode. I think it's the that's one that Neil occurred, Gaiman the, wrote. The Doctor's Wife, yes. Where, it occurred to me where that. Where it's the opposite. Where, where Doctor Who's TARDIS, the, TARDIS, the yes. ship, starts suddenly having a physical form. And it's now suddenly this relationship he's already had, always had with an inanimate object, has like a personality that it's like pretty cleverly done. Or there's the um, doing the inverse feels a little weird to me, especially when it's not based around the relationship that actually matters. There's also that like Joss Whedon X Men arc where the danger room becomes like a person. Which is such a good arc. Danger. Um, yes, and like that's interesting too. But that's yeah. more of the nightmare version, right? Where right. so like this is actually like a thing. You can't just like have it serve a purpose for you but, anymore. But like, I it's think like a to this right. point, it it works in one direction far better than it works in the other direction. I think so. it I works just, better to go. Hey, here's this thing that you feel attached to. Now we're going to make it a person, I rather than saying, "Here's a person." We're going to tell you secretly her brain has been inside. I don't mind person either droid. idea. You know what I'm saying? A I character. Just Fuck me. Yep. It's it's the prequel problem again. It's the prequel, but problem she again. is cool, and I do like the scene where she uh, takes off the restraining bolt during the Sebek. I did the Kessel. Yeah, run. these fucking things are so barbaric. Yeah, right? they're I mean, she restraining fucking, bolts. But yeah, uh, right. So, but and then. It's not like she's like an activist where she's actually like, oh, yes, now, no, she's just sort of like, I don't know, go free your brothers. And the bot's like, okay, it like rumbles off. And I like that the little montage of them all going yeah. like, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I love robots. They're so silly. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, this is great. I, you know, she's, I, I like that it's somewhat inadvertent, I guess is my joke. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, so they get Lando, they do the Kessel Run. What do you think of the Kessel Run? I mean, this is like the Ocean's Eleven sequence. It's not, but you know, yeah, it's but like at this, this point. It's not like I feel any tension over this heist. I don't feel like a clear sense of like what the threats are. It's like okay, I guess it's dangerous. I could try. I have to pull it off, but it just feels but like the, stuff. But you know what I mean? It, I couldn't describe anything that happens to you in the next thirty minutes well, of this so, movie. I, there I images try. I still remember. Right, well, but but like, we, that raw thing is so stupid because it's like we have to get the thing to then do another thing. Right. It's like, yeah. okay. But that's like the Ocean's Eleven thing where it's like. Well, we need the hyperfuel, but here's a problem. Hyperfuel just is like destabilizes if you don't keep it cool for half an hour. Like, but okay, those movies right, are based so around problem limit. solving. This movie know, is just based around no, conflicts. And also, you know they're going to do it. Yeah, right. I mean, but that, right. that's a problem with any heist movie, but still. Um, Even the smoke thing. Yeah, the castle, like the, the tunnels of... Uh, the design of it, I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I I didn't I don't mind the smoke image like the smoke tunnel. What are you looking up? I, I you'll find out. Yeah, in a it's second. gonna be some bullshit. Yeah, you'll love it. Um, what do you think of the smoke stuff. tunnels? 
cool. I mean, this all looks cool. I don't mind the smoke tunnels, but once he punches through, the smoke tunnel is in the maelstrom thing where it's all... That just kind of looks like nothing. That just kind of looks like yeah. CGI suit. It's just suit. a cloudy asteroid yeah, with field. like asteroids, yeah. And like, there's another squid monster, and you're like, another fucking squid monster. And uh, it's it big. is big. It's big. But even Ben's not can't get it up for I this can't. thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, like, oh wow, there's an eye. Like we've done that before. And and it just feels the like Chewbacca stuff also feels a little crowbarred in where he's like, oh look, here are my people. Like. Okay, it's well, fine. It does feel by the numbers. And they're trying to sell it as like, look at this ragtag like family that's formed together. But it's like, okay, like Beckett losing everyone he kind of was close with. And L3 dies. Han and Kira, but they don't really seem to get along that well anymore. L3's dead. Lando and doesn't Lando, know where he stands. Well, once L3's dead, Lando's kind of like just exhausted. Like, yeah. and not into it anymore. Right. Uh, he's kind of fun earlier, but then he's just sort of like sad. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they do it. They land on some other sandy planet, you know, like mm-hmm. a ruined sort of planet. And this is when, uh, what's her Empress Nest yes. shows up, takes off her helmet, and it's like a girl mm-hmm. with red hair. Mm-hmm. And the movie's kind of holding on her, and you're like, am I just supposed to have my mind blown that it's like a young woman? Like, right. is that that it? Because like, when it happened, I had gone to the bathroom the first time I saw it. Like, I took like a two-minute bathroom okay. break. And so I was like, when it, the big reveal happened, I was like, wait, Did am I, I supposed to know who that is? Yeah. Like, because the movie's really like, oh, no, no, no. Right. And you're like, is this supposed to be a younger version of a right. character yeah. I know? It was like racking my brain where right. I'm like, who is the fucking, you know. And then this movie throws Bosk? in all this shit when it's like, and for shouldn't we be wrapping up now? I think, now, so you were saying, you know, I think this is a, this is this should not be in the movie. I agree. I like this as a starting you know, point for its own it. yeah. story. But yeah, but at she's, this point in this movie, it's too fucking much. This is a disaster because she's like, let me tell you the story of this planet that was like ruined by the Crimson Dawn when they came and they took stuff and then right. they cut their tongues They're out. Terrorists. And we're, we're the last. We're, we're the good guys. Tribe. We need yeah. the fuel to fight back, and we're yeah. gonna do it. And th- the whole thing is just existing to give Han this like hero moment. Yeah, where he can like do the right thing. And only that, I don't need that. No, I don't need that at all. No, I don't need that. And and they said no up one what needs looks that. like it's going to be a cool fucking Western shootout. Right. And then said it just becomes like a, it's about ethics and game journalism. But uh, no, but it just becomes like, you know, this like ethical like dilemma that they present to him. Right. Like, are, so what, are you going to give the fuel to the bad mobsters? Right. Or are you going to give it to us? Nice people. Right. Cool, nice people. Right. He makes his decision. Beckett leaves. Right. Well, then it's the, it, again, the Ocean's Eleven thing where it's like, he's like, let me tell you my plan. We don't know what the plan is. And then we watch yeah. the plan unfold. Right. Yeah. Um, but Beckett leaves. You're like, okay, kind of a weird arc. They go up, see Paul Bettany. And he's like, unfortunately, someone tipped me off. He's like, Kira. And he's like, no, I know she's playing seven I, sides. I just really want, Bettany is killing it in this. Agreed. Scene. I really like, I like the thing where he's like, Beckett's dead. Oh, so sad. You know, and then yeah. he's like looking at the hyperfield and he's like, wow, it really is amazing. How did you fake this? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't fake it. He's like, he's like no, yeah, no, no, I'm no, no, genuinely, no. I really I'm showing know. respect. I think it's good job. <laughs> I think you're good. doing a good performance right now. And, right. And then yeah. that thing where Kira, he's like, it's Kira. And he's like, no, no, Kira's got her own. Like, yeah. We'll handle that later. Yeah, right. So good in this scene. But then, oh, Beckett double reverse. He was ratting them out. And it's like, this move would maybe work if Beckett had left them 40 minutes earlier. But when he just like 
Right, he's just left. 90 and then seconds he comes earlier back and was like, like betrayal's partner. It's like, okay. <laughs> and I don't And there's also know that what... whole midsection where Beckett isn't really doing anything I other than being with the I guess the implication is yeah. the whole time he, or is it more like Han says, but I'm I mean, going to pull this shit and Beckett's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call Paul Bettany right now. Right. And let him know that Han's about to pull this shit. But like kind of who cares? Like how long point? has he been right. in the, like I, they're all working for him anyway. Yeah. Because like so the revelation can't be like I've been working with them all along. It's like well yeah we all have. They hired us. And it's trying to prove this don't trust anybody <laughs> point. But it feels like that'd be yeah, more effective. Which is fine. Done with Kira. And It'd be also, more effective like you say if Becca had actually vanished from the movie. Right. Yeah. And and also like here are three things that are more effective. Beckett actually vanishing. Kira being the one who betrays him. Or uh, Bettany just sees through it. And does everything that Bettany does in the scene, but he knows that it's a fake because he's a fucking awesome fucking crime boss. Right. You know, it's like, a, cool. it's a flex. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So then it's like, I mean. And then there's, right, three more double crosses where Han Solo is like, actually, I knew you would betray me. Right. I do like that play. I was yeah. waiting for someone to zip down <laughs> right. their it feels skin. Like <laughs> it feels like they're going to pull off a mask I'm and reveal Lando old man he's Yeah. <laughs> they switched. Right. <laughs> no, I, I like the thing where he's like, no, actually, I played you and your guys are dead now. And Beckett. That the the move is just Han being like, I know that Beckett is so flimsy morally mm-hmm. that he'll just switch back to me. Yes, that's fine. That's, that's cool. fine. But it's like, I mean, and it, then there's a little showdown with Dryden where uh, Kira kills him. Yeah, it, the, I mean, and the movie kind of at this point amounts to nothing and kind yeah. of leaves you with nothing. Like, at this like, point, the movie's just trying to fill in those little Han. So, so you see him shoot first when yeah, he shoots Beckett. Okay. okay, you see him be a little bit of a hero. He gives the thing, but they're like, okay. you should join our. We're thinking of calling it like a rebellion. And he's like, huh, I don't think so. I don't join rebellions. Okay. And they're like, well, maybe later. And he's like, maybe. Right. Huh, and I they say, know. I love you. And he says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who cares? And then also there, he's like, I got this great line on a deal with Jabba the Hutt practically. Yeah. Like, you know, right. right like that's right. sort of the idea. I, I thank them for actually not saying, saying Jabba, Jabba the Hutt. Cause I kept on, I was linked to you. But they like, do Jabba, kind of Jabba, do the thing Jabba. where they're like, I got it's a there's a real big gangster on a real sandy planet. Yeah, he like, likes uh, to eat at Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Something I wanted to say about Kira. Yes. The end and the reveal of her. Right. Kira takes over the Crimson Dawn. Yeah. yeah. I, it's you know, it's being portrayed as like this bad thing. Sure. And to me, you're I guess you're kind of like get it, girl. Like yeah, you yeah, it out. I, I'm yeah. like, it's everyone's got to do what it takes to survive in this universe. And I'm, yeah. I'm tiptoeing in territory that I'm a little nervous about. Uh-oh. So I'm just saying that now. You're tiptoeing into the IDW. It feels to me like it's a male gaze, like overall in this movie, uh-huh. and that it's almost like it's that same thing of Jurassic World, where sure. it's like. How could a woman right. want to well, do this? Where it's like, you know? aren't you stunned? She's the new leader of the Crimson uh, yeah. Dawn. No, she was an orphan. He yeah, right. left her. Right. She had to figure out well, her also, own right. life. Because Han's deal is like, hey, come with me. I'm thinking of buying a ship. Like, you know, She's like, like, I'm on one <laughs> and I'm going to take it. And also the only other two female characters in the movie die to give other male characters it's, This is true. Drive. It is. And it's a fucking solo movie so I'm like, not surprised. And I like but, the cast. I, you know, I think it's a nice cast. But, but yes. that's why I am interested to see what the the <clears throat> quote unquote true Star Wars fan responses to this movie because it feels like this is what you guys were fucking asking right. for. Yeah. You know, do you, do you love this? Yeah. 
like not with no There's, judgment, I, but I'm it's just not, like this feels like what you're complaining. I'm not about. sensing the immediate Last Jedi blowback of fury. No, it I'm, also doesn't feel like they love it. No, but it's my more like eh. dumb right wing Star Wars merchandise blog I read because I like staring into the sun was like, finally, this is the Disney movie that kind of gets it right. Not doing cartwheels, but he's like, at least they're starting to learn their lesson. They're like pulling out of a nosedive. Well, I, my I favorite thing like, is whatever. that there's that section of, you know, right wing, whatever, yeah. you know, uh, stupid jerky red pill, yeah. f- like fans. JediTempleArchive.com. <laughs> Great. Well, but you know what I mean? Where I feel like I don't, they're not my mentions too much, but sometimes where they're convinced that like Disney knows how bad Last Jedi was and wants to get rid of Ryan Johnson. Right. And there's some like 17 layer scheme they're yeah. executing to push him out the door. Like right. where they're like, we all know it. Like, right. Last Jedi bombed. They're, they have to do damage control. Yes. Oh no. Boo hoo. Force Awakens. The number one highest grossing domestic film of all time was followed by a massive domestic drop off of the seventh highest grossing film of all time. Like if Last Jedi was bombing, it would have like a bomb would have been like Rogue One or below numbers. Correct. Yeah. It did great. It made a lot of money. Correct. The thing that's weird about Rogue Last Jedi. Rogue One is Jedi, also still in the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time. True. The thing that's weird about this. Yeah. And Last Jedi is. Yeah. Um, China is not interested and it is yes. you know Solo is also bombing in China and it is that thing of like they have no history with they these don't characters. care about these movies yeah. in the same way the country doesn't care because those movies weren't in the country then and yeah. right so it's like you're watching like what happens if you just release a Star Wars movie without the nostalgia play right. and the reaction is sort of like eh but that's kind of why they need to make one of these movies that doesn't handshake anything else. Yeah, sure. That's true. On a basic narrative level, it can handshake in those little moments no, or whatever. No, you're you right. know? Yeah. A gritty courtroom drama. You know, I just want them to keep things moving in this universe. I want them to transfer the story to new places. You want to make the creative process Sorry, easier for everyone? Sweat. Yeah, I would like to make the creative process easier for everybody. Well, we transfer, who are good friends of Bank Jack. Also Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Both uh, friends of the show. Right. And friends of We Transfer. Uh, they are all about making the creative process easier for mm-hmm. everyone. They yeah. built their site to be the simplest way to share big files around the world for free. Yeah. You know, send in over, uh, I, I don't know, some fan art, some slash fic. Sure. Audio maybe, files. Maybe some Death Star plans. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Rogue One would have been a one reeler if, if they had We if Transfer. We Transfer because there's no sign in, there's no offer codes, no password to forget. You just upload and you send and you get back to making your trench run. That, that whole movie could have been covered in the length of a MOBA sode. Uh, 40 million people use We Transfer. Good to number. Send and receive files every month. And mm-hmm. since day one, I told you about this, but it's important. They devoted 30% of their ad space to showcasing creative people from around the world. And important to note, none of this day two nonsense where people finally, they do one day Uh -uh, being really uh -uh. dirty and inhumane and then they finally get wise. Day one, baby. Musicians, photographers, illustrators, podcasters. And in the spirit of that, we're going to skip the rest of the 60 second ad and get back to the pod. Right. Something that's, more important such as a merchandise spotlight. But so that's uh, wetransfer.com. Wetransfer.com. You make wetransfer. Here is a very offbeat merchandise spotlight. This is unlike any merchandise spotlight I have ever done before. Okay. The year is 1986. I was the year of my birth. Humble brag. Yeah. Star Wars seems dead. Sure. They've done the six years. No, no. Three years since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Right. I think both the cartoon shows have been canceled at this point. Ewoks sure. and droids. Mm. 
Kenner still has the Star Wars license, which has been beyond a financial windfall for sure. them, right? Cash but, cow. But now it's starting to peter out. They're getting down to real. Right, because they're out of new characters. tier right. characters, right? There's no new media to support it. Uh, there'd never been a merchandising line that ran this long off of films, you know? Yeah. Um, and George Lucas, you know, there was that vague notion of, oh, maybe someday he's going to make more, maybe he's going to make the prequels, but it seemed kind of dead. Yeah. Kenner pitched to George Lucas a new plot line. This is going to pay off. That they wrote. Okay. They said, this like, is- Right, we've run out of characters, so- Unfathomable in this day and age that like, in an era where brands and franchises are managed so closely, yeah. that the toy company would be like, what if you just let us write new Star Wars? Yeah. We wouldn't be putting out new material, we wouldn't have a cartoon show, we wouldn't have comics, we just write a new storyline and make toys off of that storyline, which is the adventures of Han and Leia and Luke. So what's the new storyline? The storyline was like the epic continues was the the name of the Ben's line. Ben's really clenched fist. Uh, the plot concerned the genetics master Atha Prime, ruler of Dark Worlds, who had been freed from exile following the death of Emperor Palpatine, striking at the Rebel Alliance. is forced to do battle with Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and the Mongo Beefhead Tribesmen. <laughs> Meanwhile, Grand Moff Tarkin, who had evaded death at the Battle of Yavin, had returned to take control of the Galactic Empire. They didn't have a lot of money to put this together, so they literally took pieces from other Star Wars toys and, like, the hammerhead uh, alien. I'm looking at the Mongo beefhead right now. This is what I'm talking about. The Mongo beefhead, they took the hammerhead alien and they literally turned his head upside down oh. and were, like, put it on a different body and were like, this is a new character. And they painted, like, Luke and Han different characters. But the big notion from this was they had been making all the ships from the movie, right? And they were really expensive and parents had bought all of them and they were like, we're not going to buy any more of the big ticket items. I think the last couple ones they did didn't sell as well. Sure. So they said, rather than selling all new ships, we're going to sell attachments onto ships. So their big idea was an escape pod for the Millennium Falcon wow. that fit in between the prongs it, at the front of the ship. It, looks, it has a little forky prong. At it's the got front. that yeah. little forky prong and it made the Millennium Falcon come to a point and that was supposed to be, oh, these are cheaper, like $5 little add-on vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You snap this onto something else. Right. And no one has acknowledged this, but I have to believe that this movie is doing that as a conscious nod to some of the nerdiest that's deep like shit some, Star Wars. Like, that's right. That's like level six deep. But... The younger Kazdin is a hardcore Star Wars nerd. You told nerd. me this. He apparently pushed really hard for... Uh, the inclusion of Darth Maul, who we have not yet talked about. Right. He worked into the background some characters from like the Dark Horse comics sure, and sure, allusions sure. to things like that. Like He's really into there is all also, the ephemera. Dave Gonzalez and I were talking about this. Uh, Aura Singh is mentioned. We've talked about yes. Aura Singh. Yeah. Uh, where Beckett is said to have killed her, uh-huh. which apparently has set off some... Uh, some fury in the deep Star Wars nerd world where they're like, that character's too important to just kill her off screen. Because people love our saying, who, for reminders. She's the wh- white person with the yeah, white, like literally white skin with the orange ponytail. And like a needle through her head. And she appears in one shot of the pod race. Yes, she's in the pod race for a second. It doesn't But do people anything. love her. She like takes a pot shot at someone. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a, right, there's a whole expanded world. Yes. Right. But I just found that very interesting because while not making it canonical, they're trying to tie in like now even rejected Star Wars plot lines. Totally. At least with the tip of the hat. That's a little interesting. <sighs> no, it paid I, off. I found that right? interesting. Yeah, totally. I was I I love weird shit like that. Yeah, thank you. Weird I, shit. I'm I'm looking at the like remodeled Millennium Falcon. I don't like it as much. Like I'm glad they cut the escape pod quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. 
good ship. It's a little like the the Rubbit and Lost in Space, where he's really shiny, and then once they like crack it open, and then it looks like the classic thing, you know, you know. Uh, totally. You yes. know, you know. How do you know? Um, Made her well. I tried watching. <laughs> tried watching the uh, Netflix one, but I couldn't get into it. Yeah, Lost in Space. Uh, couldn't get into it. You sound like. Uh, <laughs> American uh, moviegoers in the beginning of September 2017 because it, it was sold out. sold out across the nation. Ben's covering is couldn't face get into it. I've developed a headache over the recording. People who well, don't have Fandango no, couldn't get into it. Honestly, Ben, this is not like Last Jedi where we were like two hours and 40 minutes in and then like suddenly realized like shit, we didn't talk about this. Like <sighs> we're done. We're basically done. I think we should talk for a few more minutes about but, summer you know, camp and then get out. No, yeah. I mean I don't know. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing Let's all right. Talk about yeah, Darth Maul's in the movie. I, I think that's, I mean, I appreciate the Kasdan likes these, but that's a baffling decision. Like, I, th- I feel yeah. like he wants to bring Darth Maul because Darth Maul got brought back in the cartoons years ago, right? They they pulled that trick. His Clone Wars arc is good. He's I got watched like it. robo that's, legs. Yeah, sure. Right. And in Rebels, I believe Rebels, mm-hmm. closed the Darth Maul thing where Correct. Obi-Wan kills him like as an Correct. old man. Mm-hmm. And so like- This it, takes place in between. The problem, An arc that they've already finished. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. problem with bringing him into the movies is people will literally not know when this movie is taking place. Right. Which I, I confess I do not know. Yeah. Like, and they'll just be like, wasn't he dead? Like, it's, I just think a lot of audience members are going to be baffled. I by also that. just think this is the thing I, I feel frustrated by is I think what's interesting about Star Wars isn't what's interesting about the MCU for better or worse, which is the puzzle piecing of all these things together. Right. I think what's interesting about Star Wars is that universe as a place for a type of story or types of stories. Right. I'm not really interested in filling in gaps in between things. So acor- you know? according to Wikipedia, this take place this takes place um ten BBY. So essentially ten years before mm-hmm. the first the original Star Wars movie. So there you go. Okay. I guess that makes sense because I think Han here is supposed to be about 22, like he's in his very early 20s. Right. He's about 10 years younger, a foot shorter. Italy grows. Maybe Corellians grow late. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't uh, know. It's like a gentleman's five for me. It's, I think I can give it a six. I like the look enough. Do you think you will ever watch it again? Sure. I think if it goes up I on Netflix, I will watch certain scenes of it again or just like keep it on when I'm trying to fall asleep well, because like, I like the look of it's, it. It's one of those things where like, I saw Force Awakens. I've seen Force Awakens like 20 times. Mm-hmm. Maybe not 20, 10 times. Sure. Like I've watched that movie a lot. Uh, yeah, me too. Rogue One, I have watched once since the two times I saw it in theaters. Tried to watch it again, so then like if I, I watched it again. I watched like half of it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt the same. Mm-hmm. I had a good time, but I was. Yeah. Um, we Last Jedi and Force Awakens, I watched them frequently. Sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't watch them enough. You should watch them more. Yeah, like I don't. Get off my more. back. I'm busy. <laughs> what are you so busy with? Making a TV show. No one should do it. Mm-hmm. It is weird to me though. Like I, I feel like the strain of this whole like, oh, we're reconceptualizing the whole movie. We're reshooting it. How it has to fit into this larger tapestry. We've gotten to a point where like the pipeline for movies being made because they're so franchise based is so much closer to how TV used to be made. Right. Where it's so much about like trying stuff out and then course correcting. Right. And then undoing and then like shaking it up and all of that. Um, while like on the opposite side, now the expectation is that TV has to be like very cinematic and very tight. Sure. And very like all mapped out. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not saying this is, I, I don't think I'm saying anything I shouldn't be saying right now, but it's like, 
there is that weird thing where it's like we're we're making the tick right now, right? We're sure. like halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. This next season, uh, you know, when it comes out is going to be released in one chunk as opposed to the, the sure, split season thing we did yeah. last time. So it'll be like 10 episodes all at once. And now there's an expectation where like people watch things often like I'm going to sit down and try to watch this as like one narrative. Both parts of the tick I watched in one go. Right. But it's like we're switching directors up all the time. It's like different people are coming in with different notions of it and scripts are being rewritten constantly. Right. And I'm not like asking people to judge things on a curve, but it is like I was talking to some other actors on set and I was like, it is kind of stressful the way that people watch and process TV has changed. Yes. You know, because they now want everything to fit together like so perfectly. And TV is a little more improvisational as a process because it's like it's a constantly moving train with multiple stops not something where you start out knowing everything you're going to do sure um and a lot and very collaborative yeah i don't know but that's like what this movie feels like to me you know that's how like the the mcu i mean i think the reason why the russo brothers are working so well in the marvel system is because they're showrunners but they're done now yeah um yeah should we talk about infinity war i don't think it's very good i think it feels like tv it, it feels like a middle episode of a show that I gave up on watching. Can I give you my hot take on yeah, Infinity please, War? Please. Which I liked. Please. To I didn't, my total I didn't astonishment. hate it, but I sat there and I very, very seldomly felt invested in any way. I felt very invested, which is sort of part of my hot take. I only felt invested when uh, Vision died, which sucks. Spoilers, Vision dies. He's my best friend. Well, that's actually the core part of my heart, my hot take. Okay. Um, but basically, like what I like about the movie, and to be clear, I dislike Civil War. I know you do. Like I like that's one probably my least favorite of the Marvel movies greatly apart from Iron Man 2 and Hulk yeah. which like I, I are, greatly prefer to this. I don't think it's a very good movie. I don't even like Winter Soldier that much. I think Winter Soldier is fine. I, I think Winter Soldier is okay because the action is smaller and a little better yeah. apart from the helicopter yeah. helicarrier ship. Sure. Um, but no, I like this movie because uh, I think it has a little more of an idea that is actually blended into the movie Whereas Civil War, I think the idea is like total bullshit. Like, because in Civil War, you are allowed to side with everyone. Right, which I think is the biggest problem with Civil War. Right. In Civil War, everyone has a good reason for doing what they're doing, and everyone's going to have a good reason to forgive themselves. They don't want to make you dislike anybody. Exactly. Like, you can just side with everyone in it, and there's just no tension to the the Civil War, you know? But I just. And even the airport fight, which is fun, they're never really mad at each other. They're just kind of bashing each other for a while. Yeah. You know? And in this, the movie, to me, the pitch of that, of Infinity War is like Thanos arrives and he's like, enough of this. There's too many of you. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. I am here to, like, cut this shit out because it's too much. Yeah. This is bloated. Like, that's his, like, philosophical idea. And the Avengers are responding with, like, no, we like it. <laughs> like, it's good. We're friends. This is a family. And what I love about the movie is the thing that I feel some people brought up, which is like, everyone's like, why don't you just kill Vision? I mean, yeah, you know, I, you lose Vision, but then Thanos doesn't win, right? right. It's because they like him too much. Well, and like the metaphorical, the, the entire stakes. If we lose Vision, then we lose. We, the entire yeah. stakes of the last battle are like, we just need to make sure Vision doesn't die. And that's why I like the movie, because those are real stakes. And Thanos is coming for, and they could just kill Vision, and then Thanos loses. Okay, so and the whole we don't trade life for life stuff. Uh huh. And that's why I'm into it at the end there because I feel it when Vision dies. I feel bad. I feel Vision's death. Yeah. I half feel Gamora's death. Me too. I do. I mean, I think that might 
I'm, I can't tell if that's permanent, that but feels you know. like it might be retconned. Maybe. Um, if it's going to be retconned, it's going to be someone's going to have to die. I'll say this too: I don't buy for a millisecond that Thanos loves her. Uh I I think it's a decent setup as it, a sort of emotional uh, threat within a scene. I, I, you're saying they don't do enough to sort of cement that relationship with the like it flashbacks gave her a and knife? stuff. Like, well, I don't think it's she that. fights better than Nebula. No, it's more like. Like that, he's not like just an elemental force, like a Galactus. Like yeah. when he arrives in the planet, it's all happening off screen for him. Sure. Like he doesn't actually kill people; other people kill yeah, people. But that's and this girl approaches him, yeah. and he's like, hmm, "I like you." You know what I mean? Like he's still a person, a little tiny bit of a person. But this feels to me like they're trying to use the Gamora relationship, the father daughter relationship, sure. to replace the death relationship in terms of giving him an emotional grounding. And well, I prefer the death stuff. I, I like the death stuff, but I, I now know why they didn't do that and it makes sense to me. But like, I love the death stuff in the You're comics. saying you know in that you feel like you figured it out or someone gave you some scoop? No, I'm saying the stakes I'm explaining to you make more sense to me within like Thanos entering these, this movie universe. Yeah. Because in the comics, Thanos' motivation is just like, that he's crazy. I mean, like he's the mad Titan. Well, like, also, there's crazy. literally one person who's ever been nice to him. Sure. That person is death. <laughs> and she asks him to prove himself by killing everyone. And, that's and when, fine. when it's I nuts. read it's interviews bonkers. with right. like Marcus and McFeely or whatever their names yeah, are, yeah, the yeah, writer. Yeah. And, and they said like, we just felt like that was too crazy to set up in one sure. movie. I go, if we're at Infinity War and we're deciding that things are too crazy to pull off, I don't know what the point of this entire franchise is. I, I, I think there are other you. arguments for them to not use yeah. that as a plot line. But if that's the argument of like, we can't have a physical manifestation of death, it's like, then what, what are we doing here if we can't have that? that? I just think they could not find an emotional grounding for that I think that's plot. the grounding. I think the grounding no. is that that's the only person who's ever been nice to him. Yeah, and but you also have Kate Blanchett do it. No, I don't think that's good. I think because then that's all happening. Like what I like is Thanos is entering and saying to the audience, like, this is enough with this. This is too much. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to equal the scales here. I'm going to cut the chaff out. I'm going to cut everything in half essentially. Right. And the audience is like, no, we like them. And then when they all puff into smoke, it's not that they're, everyone knows they're not dead forever. Right. But it's that you're sad. Like, and the movie's like, you like them. Didn't feel sad. Couldn't feel less sad. The only one that had any emotional impact on me was Spidey just because Tom Holland killed that moment. He's so great. He's a really fucking good actor. Yes. I will say my biggest problem with the film is what you said. Thanos comes in and he cuts everything in half, including the story, which is not a full story. It feels like the movie is stalling for time. It feels like this sort of, oh, everyone's siphoned off into these small groups because, of course, you can't have everyone on set at the same time. It's a scheduling impossibility. Well, and it's like, it feels like you have a lot of groups just sort of waiting around going like, okay, Thanos, he's going to be getting here. He comes in. They right. put up a fight. You know they're going to lose. He doesn't yeah. kill them, but they just he doesn't kill d- people don't succeed. Movie. Thanos right. never kills anyone. But I'm saying all those showdowns feel kind of just like stalling for me to get to this end point, and then the end point feels like a midpoint. Well, yeah. He kills Loki. He kills Gamora. Right. He kills Vision. There's three deaths that actually right. feel like right. of some consequence yeah. in terms of him getting his hands dirty. Yeah. And then people puff into smoke. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. I just like. I mean, that's what he does in the comic. I mean, they puff into smoke there, too. I yeah. like the setup of what you're saying. Right. If the movie was able to, within one film. It worked on me. Resolve itself by successfully putting up a rebuttal against that point, which is the Avengers finding a way to, through their love, 
for lack of a better term. Hair bear power. Right. You know? Well, maybe. The, I mean, I assume the next movie. I mean, I think the next movie is basically one last ride with the original crew because the original right. crew are the only ones left. Basically. Right. But this movie feels to me like three hours of Popeye winding up his punch. I love it. I didn't love it, but I liked yeah. it. Um, okay. And I saw it with two audiences. I saw it twice. And both of the audiences brag. were so into it. And I, you know, I mean, Solo. Was, Our audience was not super into it. No. They laughed. At some Lando shit. Chuckles. Yeah, chuckles. Sort of a, a smattering of when applause. When Darth Maul came in, everyone just seemed kind of confused. Bit of a murmur, perhaps. That's no, the most I could give no it. No mall rats in our crowd. <laughs> I'm trying to I, think of I like one. I pitched that joke to Alex Ross Perry over text today, and he was like, you should, you should use it on the podcast. How's Alex? He saw he it well. at like the same time as us, but we didn't see him. Yeah, I think he liked it more than us. But uh, yeah, he also likes Last Jedi less than us. Oh, he, he's, he's all wrong. Alex. Listen to me, Alex. Alex. Last Jedi is good. Alex, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Alex. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Looking forward to your new movie. Yeah. Christopher Robin trailer dropped today. Yeah. I don't know if Blankies know that that movie's written by... Alex Ross Perry. Yeah. It looks delightful. I'm very into it. Uh, did you and see if I show? was not very into it, I would not talk about it. Hey, Alex. You know? That's, that's my yeah, policy. Ben. Yeah. Got oh, anything ben, to, say to say to Alex? To Alex? Is this uh, a new segment on the show where we just address Alex? I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you emailed... <laughs> Uh, us a, uh, a, like a end to um, oh Tully Tully he wrote oh, yeah, that was funny that was really funny and but, I totally got lost in email no well he sent it respond. I think and only I had seen Tully when he sent it I didn't it. open it because I thought it would contain Tully spoilers because I knew it Tully had a twist of, it sort of had it didn't really have Tully spoilers but he wrote it up in final draft as if it was the real script it was page. very like when I was first reading it I was like wait is this just from Tully like I had just seen it but the bit and this is not a spoilers at the end of Tully She's Ron Livingston and uh, Shirley's Theron each split an earbud and listen to something together off of uh, an iPod or an iPhone and the bit that Alex wrote was that they were listening to the listing of Ben's nicknames <laughs> yeah. which would and be a funny ending that's that. super funny and I'm sorry but I didn't say people didn't reply to it I think Alex was points. you should just email him some comedy points yeah, use sure. we transfer email him some comedy points it'll be fine it'll take um, very little time box office I just want to talk about it for a second only like 120 130 right it posted 14 in, 13, in Thursday previews yeah. which is a record yeah. It's more than at World's End made. Memorial Day, apparently, not a not, good not weekend. Not a huge one. Because yeah, like, World's End still has the record. Yeah. and uh, But I think it's because now uh, the first week of May has become so big that people stay away, you know? I mean, so this is interesting. So now pro Disney was projecting 130, essentially. Yeah. Um, now people are saying it's going to be more like 115. That will not be good. No, that will not be good. That will be seen, I think, as a bit of a disappointment. Because then that movie probably ends up around 250 or something, which is not good. Well, that would be a terrible multiplier, but right. I guess it could happen. I mean, the p thing people are pointing out is Justice League is kind of opened with a similar sure. preview and then tanked. Right. But, I mean, people did not like Justice League. Yeah. And what else? We got Deadpool 2. Have you seen it? Uh, he's seen you. He's seen me. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen it? Deadpool 2? Uh, no, I haven't, but he emailed me to say that I haven't seen his movie yet. <laughs> you were, just, were you just racking your brains for... I was trying to think of a more clever version. Uh, Book Club? Know. Have you seen Book Club? No, I'm waiting to see it with Romley. Yeah, That's you see it with her Romley. fucking Infinity War. Yeah, for, it really is. <laughs> that is the most can ambitious crossover you, event in history for Rom. Can I tell you Todd's line that really is so good? Yeah. More of an afternoon than a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Todd Vanderwerf, friend of the show. <laughs> when he good. said that, I was like, shit, that's so fucking smart. He's going to win the, the Pulitzer this year. For uh, in, Infinity War, which is making a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Still in the top five. It's interesting that Infinity War and Black Panther kind of have inverse relationships, domestic and right. foreign. Infinity War is already way past Black Panther uh, worldwide. Yes. But not uh, domestically. Yeah. It probably won't pass it, won't, it domestically. It won't although it's going to come pass, closer yeah. than I thought it would. I think it'll end up at five or six. It's at six. Yeah. It's at 603 right now. I think it'll it'll go way, it'll go like 650 maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Somewhere there. I'm at five or six in the all-time chart. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh sure. Because yeah. worldwide, it's number three of all time, I think now. It's a very popular movie worldwide. Yeah, and it's half a movie. Uh, Life of the Party. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure they had a nice time making that one. <laughs> You know, she has some interesting movies coming up this year. Thank I think, uh, uh, the, Can You Ever Forgive Me looks great. Looks cool. So into that. Uh, did you see A Quiet Place? Now I'm just, because you haven't been seeing a lot of movies. Well, and I, no, You're I haven't. You're busy. Well, don't you go to the diaper theater? You're I, done? I, I We're go, done? No, I saw A Quiet Place. Oh, you did? Did you yeah. like it? Yes. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, ask me if I liked it. Did you like it? Yes. You saw it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I saw I it at the it. diaper theater. There's a diaper theater in the Bronx near where we film. Did you see uh, Overboard at the diaper theater? I didn't. You know, show dogs? And I used to be an Anna Faris completist. Yeah. Um, People kind of like that one. I'm not going to see show dogs now that they've cut out. <laughs> anyone who, I don't wants, even finish anyone that who wants to know about that, Google it. Google We're not going to I'm not going to finish it. the rest of that uh, show. I feel pretty. You didn't see. You did see Rampage. I saw Rampage. I think we were on the same page on that one. Great monsters. Uh, we we need to start talking about Dwayne, keeping him in check. Some trouble there. It, 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 Did not it, like that, it, that ego's getting a little out of control. That movie literally flips you off. Uh, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah uh, good, good movie. movie. Still yeah. in. Still in. Did you see Tully? I did see Tully. Uh huh. I think it's weird. I like Tully. I think there are two movies there, and I like both of them a lot. And I think putting them together is a little bit. I largely agree with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Mouth Spit Sex? No, that's spit, my top movie mouth? to see. I still haven't seen that. Disobedience. What have I seen? Uh, my favorite movie of the year is You Were Never Really Here. I've seen that twice. Oh yeah, you were into You Never Really Here. I I that's a great it. movie. Good. Ben and I took a cab and talked about how great it was. I think that movie's a masterpiece. When did you take this cab? After we got drinks. Okay. Rosé Boys. Oh yeah, the Brosés. Yeah, we. That's a great movie. We all went out to dinner and all had steak and Rosé. We did. We all we went to dinner. Griffin orders first. <laughs> Because we saw Brewster McLeod together, right. and uh, I which ordered is very nice like experience. a beer and a hamburger. Yeah, and you then, get a burger, and and then Ben and David both ordered rosé and like, steak. I'll get steak frites, right, and rosé, and I was like, same thing. You know what? I want that too. And the waitress walks away, and I pulled her back. And Griffin's like, I watch him for five seconds, going, and he's like, actually, 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 excuse me, excuse, like and he has to like, really bring her back. And you were like, Griff, I know you like bits, but it's fine. Order and what she's you like want to order. Entering the order into yeah, the computer she's thing. It in. Yeah. It was a race against time, but then we became the Brose Boys. We were the Brose Steak Freak Boys. And uh, yeah, you were never really here, which was a divisive movie, but we seemed to be all I, masterpiece. into it. Yeah, it's all masterpiece. Uh, have you seen First Reformed yet? No, I need to see First Reformed. Really I need to see Disobedience. That. I'm sure everyone is at the edge of their seat listening to what movies are on my two C list. Are you list. kidding me? They are. I know. That's you should see the Claire Denis insane. movie. Let the sunshine in. I oh, really I recommend have seen that. that. Oh, you saw it. Okay, okay. Yes. I don't know. I have seen that. Did you like it? Yes, it's lovely. It's a great movie. Julia Binoche is one of her finest. Did you see The Rider? I did. That's great. Yeah, I, th I liked it less than everyone else seems to, but I liked it a lot. Did you see uh, Death of Stalin? I did. Yeah. Not into it? Uh, it's too I, long. You're too long. That's a movie where I can't figure out if it's more or less funny because of our current political climate. I think it's more. But everything is less. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It had its moments, so I thought it was good. Uh, How yeah. long is this episode? About two uh, hours. Two, yeah, two hours. Well, you, your, your clocks is 2.15, but we talked for a while before we started. Yeah. So let's yeah. get out of here. No, we're done. Let's All do right. the Kessel Run. Five parsecs. Let's get out of the episode. Twelve right. parsecs. Twelve parsecs. You round down. Okay. Um, cool. All right. <laughs> I feel like we're sort of just gliding in at this point. Yeah, you know, the engine's out of gas, but we're just sort of it's like Dunkirk. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it is. We're Tom Hardy. We're taking off our mask. We're showing our beautiful lips. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a little break. We're going to go back to yeah. uh, Bird. Uh, we got um, Ratatouille next week. Talking Tui with... Rom and Joe. The siblings. We united the siblings. We united the siblings. Uh, it's actually, in my memory, a great episode. Yeah, who I knows? I remember it being fun. Who knows? I thought Iron Giant was the worst one, and then we won another Obi for that episode, Fucking so they, who knows? They held the Obis, like, off-season. Like They had a special Obis An impromptu Obis. An emergency Obis. <laughs> an emergency Obis. Um, oh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, have fun with the rest of Brad Bird, the miniseries after that, which we haven't announced, but is mostly done. Yep. Uh, we'll be stuff. back uh, doing topical episodes when, uh, what's the next thing? Well, oh, uh, oh the, Incredibles uh, in, 2! In, in essentially a month, we're going to record Incredibles 2. Yeah. My most, That's, uh, not yeah. only my most anticipated movie this summer, or, but probably the most excited I've been for a summer movie in years. I am very excited. I'm it. sort of in that phase where I'm like, I just don't want to think about it too much because I really don't want Same it to thing. let me down. Like, I'm thing. just I'm like, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm trying I'm to mostly ignoring the check. promotional uh, me material. Me too, but every time I even see a poster up, I'm like, Fuck, I want to hang out with that family. As far as Pixar sequels go, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Toy Story 2, you obviously, it's your favorite movie. T.S. yeah. Is there another sequel that like stands out that's like really outstanding? Within the Pixar canon? Yeah, or is this going to kind of, do you think this has a running to take I, I, its yeah, place I, up I, there? I, I, I think it has a very easy runway to being the second best Pixar sequel ever. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but... What uh, if I think it's the best sequel ever? Pixar sequel. That's insanity. You're, you'll kill... kill no, no, I mean, look. Upset. If If that is the case, then I'm very excited to see the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> but I'll say, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, oh, but uh, Cars 2 makes Cars 3 look like Cars 1. Okay. So that's where well, my stance on Pixar is. Yeah, and we should, I guess we should go. You teed me up. You didn't even know you were doing it, but how am I not going to make that joke if you no, ask you me what can. my stance is on Pixar sequels? Everyone listening to this episode was like, make the cars joke again. Yeah. Make the cars joke again. And he did it. And I'll say this. I mean, reaffirmed after seeing Solo as I hit my papers against the desk, and that's all the news fit to print. Right. Reaffirmed after watching Solo, I genuinely contend Low bar, faint praise, Monsters University is the best prequel ever made. I, I would have to think about it. I think the only thing I could even argue is better is Godfather Part 2, which is only half a prequel. I was about to say that's sort of a prequel. I'm right. trying to think of I don't think prequels. it fully counts. Yeah. I, I think Monsters University is the best one. So I think my hope is that Incredibles 2 is better than Monsters University, which I think is pretty solid and is amazing at the end. Last 30 minutes rule. I like, um, I like Prometheus. Yeah, I know you do. It's a good prequel. I know you do. I like the the new Planet of the Apes movies, but those aren't really prequels. It's a quasi-prequel. They're kind of side prequels. Uh, and obviously, uh, a Scorpion, this is a rough list. Scorpion King 3 Rise to Power. <laughs> this is a rough list yeah. I'm looking at right now. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, whew, whew. yeah. I think Finding Dory is good. Um, you know, I, I would like Incredibles 2 to be, you know, a full stop, like proper important movie. I want it to be important. Fox and the Hound 2 
That was a prequel. Oh, that sucks. That thing's a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know. Reba McIntyre is a piece of shit. Ben just handed David a post-it note. What does yeah. it say? Oh, well, thank you to Audio Boom and RX Bar and WeTransfer for sponsoring the episode. Yeah, thank you, uh, RX Bar, once again, for preventing me from having diarrhea on set. Thank you all very much for listening. I'm sure they're thrilled. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. That's a celebrity endorsement. <laughs> What if that was like Clooney's, like the finest RX bar? No diarrhea tonight, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to transition into being RX bars on camera spokesperson. You genuinely love RX bars. If RX bar is listening, hey, he talks about him a lot. Seriously, guys. I'll I'll say this: RX bar. If you're listening, if you want to send me some more free RX bars. I'll keep talking about them any chance I get. I'd like I'll tweet about them. I'll I'd do be whatever. happy if Rx Bar continued to sponsor D- the show. Don't send them to David because I want to have the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, Ben just walked out of the studio and then walked back in to ask if we had ended. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Joe Bowen. Oh my God! What? Oh my God, this is amazing. What a move. You executed this? Oh, Ben is oh dancing. Oh my God. Someone just walked in the studio. Get on mic. Hey, Blankies. Joe Bowen here. It's Joe Bowen. We had heard rumor. We had heard legend. That's the only reason you were excited for us to wrap things up then. You just wanted us to get to the thank yous. How long long have you been waiting outside, Joe? Oh, less than a minute. Thank God. Because we just did a bunch of horse shit. I was afraid you were going to say, like, since you started recording the Incredibles episode. No, then he would be dead. He yeah, would he be would a skeleton. Be yep. He would have killed himself. Yep. Um, As all our listeners apparently did. Seppuku. Yep. Uh, yeah, the most controversial thing we've ever done. I just can't believe that's the thing that breaks the camel's back. I can back. believe it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know why anyone does anything. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Thank you to Andrew for our social media. Go to uh, BlankyZareRed.com for some real nerdy shit. Tune in next week for Talking Tui. Yep. Yep. And as always. Mm-hmm. Cars 3 makes Cars... God damn it! Cars 2 make... I don't know, whatever. We can't even do it now. Turn it off. It's the opposite. That's where I was fucked up. Cars 2 makes Cars 3 look like Cars 1. Okay, bye. (laughs) Roland. Roland? James? James? James Brolin. James Brolin. We're, we're Brolin right now. We're Brolin. We're a couple bros who are rolling down the street. Ooh, I'm I'm loud. I'm 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 hot. It's not crisp. I'll fix your head. They're just a little loud. That's all. Can we do? I heard a podcast about you. I was wondering if it's true, and then everything they've podcasted about me is true. Sure. I heard a. I can't do him. He's... Do you want to do him or La- you can do either one. You do Lando. Okay. You do the thing. I heard a story about you. I mean, just go, whatever. I heard a story. I, but you know what I mean? He has that weird sort of like. Do that. That sounds good. That's not bad. Mm, it's not good. It's, it's not too bad. nerdy. It's not bad. Mm. Okay, I heard a podcast about you. I was wondering if it's true. You off book? I'm off book. Okay.